Hey everybody, welcome to Treks in Sci-Fi, number 474. Uh, my name is Chris, and with me is uh, Jen and Joe, and today we're going to be talking about the Star Wars Expanded Universe novel, Kenobi. Right, guys? That's yep. right. Awesome. Anyway, we're going to discuss it. We are prob- There's going to be spoilers. We're not going to lay out the entire story for you. But um, if you want to read the book and be sort of unhindered by either opinion or facts, you probably don't want to listen to this podcast. Um, but if you're just sort of probably not going to read it and you want to hear us talk about a book that we read, listen on. <laughs> and, and we may or may not have enjoyed, depending on our yeah. opinions, which, I'm sure we're, which we'll be getting to shortly, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. So, um, Jen, why don't you give us a little background on what the story of Kenobi is sort of in a general way? In a general way. Okay, it takes place after uh, Revenge of the Sith. And um, it, it takes place between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope. And it's all about how Obi-Wan goes to Tatooine and um, what his experience is there. And, um, but really, the interesting thing is it's from, mostly from the perspective of um, original characters that the author, John uh, Jackson Miller created and it's kind of a Western in the star Wars universe, yes. which I really liked. I, I agree. It is the, the, the uh, um, this unit, this sort of portrayal of star Wars, because I guess of my age just always feels more like star Wars to me, like sort of the rough and tumble sort of, you know, regular people in the universe sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. So um right so this I didn't actually realize so I just I just looked up John Jackson Miller cuz I wasn't sure that I had recognized him you know from other EU reading and and the reason for that is cuz he's actually a, a comic book writer. Yes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he did a lot of of Knights of the Old Republic comics and uh Lost Tribe of the Sith and all all this other kind of stuff. So that's why I I hadn't I never recognized his name. Hmm. Yeah, they're ebook downloads now. I downloaded them and didn't get, hadn't really read them yet. I've had them for like almost a year or so, and then I saw that this book was out and wanted to read it, and I didn't even know that he had written those other two books. Now I want to read them and mm-hmm. see because he's. I I really liked his writing style. Yeah, he um, definitely has a really snappy sort of prose. Um, he's he's really good at these characterizations of these characters. Like at first, I was like, really like. I have to now get invested in all these people I don't care about. Yeah. Like what? And it's like a decent amount of people. It is. And it's like a whole community really is, is what it boils down to. And, um, but I was pleasantly surprised by, by the characters in this novel and actually would like to see that continued afterwards, but yeah. we'll get to that. What, what, so the story, um, involves, um, as we can pretty much surmise if you looked at the cover, just, uh, Obi-Wan and his early adventures on Tatooine, like right after he dumps Luke off with Owen and Beru, um, sort of follows what kind of nonsense he gets into trying to live on his own in the middle of the desert. And I like, I think it's in the, the, the back of the book synopsis or something like that, where they kind of, uh, they they retcon that, that Beru's last name is hyphenated. Yes. <laughs> It's like Baru, what is it, Sun something? White Sun. White Sun Lars, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, 
there's a uh, there's this place. It's called the uh, the Pika Oasis, and it's sort of like this kind of. I guess like a little like a what do you call it? like a like a general store like a but the, the, the whole bar <laughs> the whole place is like what do you what, 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 like a little town like one of those like a little silver, oh, yeah. silver okay. towns or something that sort of sort of spring up in the west where there was like it's like it's Deadwood yeah it's like Deadwood but much smaller but there's a general store there's like you know a mechanic and all and it, basically it's where all the um, moisture farmers sort of go to get supplies and sort of hang out Drink. to have some booze. <laughs> so I want to try some of that, uh, so some, uh, some Tatooine moonshine. <laughs> it's gotta be some, some tough stuff Yeah, in the book. They kind of, they're more interested in the, the how great the water is more than mm-hmm. the booze, you know, cause it's, yeah. it's like, I want to try that water. Apparently yeah, it's really good from good old number one. Right. Yep. But, um, the characters that, that Obi-Wan encounters, there's a, well, let me let me sort of let's sort of uh, bring it about. Sort of, I don't know how to frame it, but there's there's a sort of a framing device that there's these sand people, a tribe of sand people that are attacking the settlers. And right. So I guess the area it's it's referred to as Danar's claim, right? right? In the in yeah. the Pika or Pika the Pike Oasis. Oasis, yes, Danar's claim, and that's the store, right? Or mm-hmm. I don't, or is that the land? I don't. I, I kind of got that mixed up. It's been a few weeks since I finished, but yeah, I think that's kind of like the the general area is kind. Of, I guess a claim being like you know the Danar, who we can get to in a little bit. Yep. Uh, you know, claim this this area. That's his claim. You know, it's kind of like similar to I guess like the you know the gold rush. Right. And this is my claim, my land. Blah 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 blah. Yeah, and it, it's. <clears throat> Sort of right on the edge of the Junlin wastes, which are not to be traveled lightly, of course. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> and so their sand people attack. In the beginning of the book, they attack a uh, a farm and they kill a, a couple of people or one person, I think. And there's this crate dragon call that sort of starts to scare them away, and they realize that it's a well, one of them, the leader, realizes it's not a real dragon; it's coming from a speaker. And then, shortly, right, right around, right after, a bunch of settlers on speeders come with lasers, laser blasters, and you know, repel the sand people, and they run away. The cavalry arrives. Right. And, w- if you will. and what you learn is that it's a, um, it's sort of an alarm system called the Settlers' Call, which is um, managed by this guy named Oren Galt, who's sort of like the you know, like the the big rancher, like say if you were looking at like a western, like the like a Chisholm, you know what I mean? Like this guy that's sort of like the big, big, big head honcho. Not really the leader, but sort of looked to as a leader, you know. Like not an official leader right. in any capacity where he's been elected or anything, but he takes a role of leadership and he takes ownership of this kind of system they have set up. Right. And he rewards all his people by who uh and, and and by the way, to, to get the alarm, you got to pay this guy some money so they can, you know, install it. It's I like guess. a subscription fee. Right. It's like <laughs> right. These, those. And you all participate in the militia that goes and defends these different farms. That's part of the, the deal. Mm-hmm. It's like Netflix, but with more guns. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> but, and booze. And booze. <laughs> so they, they, they um, the reward is that they all get to, they get to drink for free back at, um, at the Oasis. And that, Store is run by uh, a lady called Annaline Caldwell, who is sort of the second main character of the book, I would say. 
Um, and she's sort of um, salty, I guess. I don't know. I'm guessing she's around 40-ish. She's got some teenage kids, and she's sort of fed up. <laughs> and um, and I guess ostensibly she's sort of the main character, kind of. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's called Kenobi, but really, Obi Wan from her her perspective. Yeah, though, Obi Wan isn't really the main character of the book. Um, he has you have some of his internal stuff when he's, which is a pretty cool thing that they do that he, the author does with him trying to talk to Qui-Gon, which is sort of going over the events and everything. Um, but yeah, she's sort of, this is, and this is when I was like, the warnings are going off in my head. Like I said, I'm reading this. I'm like, not a whole lot of Obi-Wan. You know, I felt like Jeff uh, Goldblum in Jurassic Park. You do plan <laughs> on having some Obi-Wan in your Obi-Wan book, you know, um, <laughs> uh, but well, that's what, and you know, I'll say that as kind of maybe my first criticism of of the book a little bit is that I felt the beginning was a little bit slow. Yes, I will agree with that. But, Just because, like you said in, before, you know, we kind of have to get invested in these people, and it pays off. Oh, big time! It does. But that that whole kind of first, I don't know, maybe I, I was reading it on my Kindle, so I didn't have page numbers. I had percentages, but maybe like the first thirty percent of the book. <laughs> Yeah, well, you're very conscious of it when you're actually reading a hardcover book, and you've got like a big thumb thumb load of pages behind you, and you're like, eh, not a whole lot going on in this book. <laughs> but um, it's a pretty what, – what I like about it is it's – when you do get to Obi-Wan in this book, it, he's really so out of his element. Like, he's such a fish out of water. He has no real idea how to sort of survive on Tatooine. He's sort of playing it by ear. You know, he's used to, you're used to seeing Obi-Wan just pop into a situation and be like, all right, you know, now this is what we're going to do. But instead, he's sort of like, uh, I got this Eopi, you know, <laughs> and I got this crappy house that nothing works in there's no door there's yeah no door. he has a you know, he has a curtain right. in his front door so and he really sucks at being undercover yeah he's <laughs> such and he oh i mean that lightsaber comes out <laughs> <laughs> i mean you know as a matter of fact the first time you see obi-wan in the book which is sort of like a, the prelude of the where they're one of the oasis uh people is, 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 is drinking and there's some trouble uh, when Obi-Wan first arrives, you know, and immediately he's like, you know, with the lightsaber, you know, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, he does suck at being undercover. Yeah, but I guess in a way it's kind of like, you know, knowing what we know about the Jedi and especially during, you know, the, the time of the old Republic and how that worked, like Obi-Wan doesn't know how to be anything else but a Jedi. That's right. Yeah, and I, I think the cool thing that you sort of see in this book, and it's just the beginning of it. It's not like you end – the book does not end, and it's like, and now you need to know nothing else about Obi-Wan being on Tatooine. No, I mean, it's sort of like the beginning of people going, that Ben guy, is a, he's a, got a couple screws loose or whatever, you know, because, like, you know, they don't know he's a Jedi, and he sort of is able to frame it that he's sort of, like, hapless, you know, like, oh, I was, you know, this guy did all the, you know, uh, there's a sort of in the middle of the book, there's a scene where, um, you know, there's a, an attack and he sort of goes in and 
takes care of it with you know his lightsaber, but sort of gives the credit to a guy that does not deserve it. <laughs> right. Yes. Um, that guy is more than happy to <laughs> take the credit. <laughs> and he does, and then yeah, this is the the, the storytelling guy. Yes. Um, he's also like the one guy that doesn't want to sign up for the claim, but there's a cool, um, map. If you go on and look for, uh, start the world of star Wars Kenobi, it's on the star Wars, uh, website. There's a map that sort of shows the events in this book and how they sort of, where they relate to each other. And I was looking at the map and I realized that like, you see Obi-Wan's house and he's right by this oasis and everything. And like the Lars farm is like way far away. And I'm like, that's, that's not convenient. <laughs> yeah, I mean, is that the? Could you be any further away from Luke? I mean, you might as well be on like a different planet. You might as well go over to Dagobah with Yoda and just wait for this kid to grow up. I mean, by the time you know he gets to the Lars farm to help out, uh, it would be over, I think. And it's funny because he seems to be trying the whole book to try and find ways to extend this whole settler's call thing out to the Lars farm. And it's basically impossible. Like there's no feasible way to do it. Right. They don't get the internet out there. No. Yeah. Right. So, well, uh, let's, let's, let's talk about some of the characters, uh, since we already know Obi-Wan Kenobi, uh, who, by the way, I think coming away from this book, I do, I, I enjoyed, uh, Elon McGregor's performance. Probably the thing I enjoy the most out of, out of the prequels is his performance as Obi-Wan. I think that that sort of saved mm-hmm. a lot of the prequel for me. I mean, I can, we've all talked about the prequels and we're never going to like the prequels as much as the original, because when I was four and saw star Wars for the first time, my little brain got imprinted and that's what I think star Wars is. Well, that's it. They're not, they're not our movies. No, Mike, but my mm-hmm. kid, like my son who's six and my, my other, my older sons who saw these in the theater, they, they, have no problem with them whatsoever. I mean, obviously, like, when they get older, they're like, oh, you know, you, they hear people kind of down in them or whatever, and it's sort of not cool to like maybe little Anakin or whatever. But my my six-year-old son, who, let's face it, a six- to ten-year-old kid is the prime audience for a Star Wars movie. And Absolutely. I'm so jealous of him that in, like, a couple of years, he's going to get to see a new Star Wars movie, or at the end of next year, rather, which is hard to believe. Well, I guess hopefully one that doesn't start old people, but that seems to be the That's case. That's going to so. be the case, yeah, but, you know, what are you going to do? <laughs> we already had the old Indiana Jones Chronicles, I guess. <laughs> yeah, but um, I'm so jealous of him that he's, that uh, you know, at eight years old, uh, he's going to get to go see a new Star Wars movie in the theater. I'm really jealous because I'm going to be in my 40s. <sighs> it's not the same. Anyway. <laughs> Um, so we'll talk about Obi-Wan, I'm sure, more, but the first character I'd like to talk about is um, this Annalene Caldwell, who I thought was a really sort of well-done character for a character that didn't exist before this book and a character who, at the end of the book, I kind of am interested to see more of. And I'm actually very concerned uh, about considering her destination at the end of the book, um, which is, spoiler alert, she's going to Alderaan. <laughs> so I was like, no, I like her. Um, well, she, she's got, she's got a good 20 years. That's to, true. Uh, Hopefully yeah. she graduates from college and she goes elsewhere. Yeah. So she, um, all you know about her is that your first impression of her is that she's sort of behind a bar. She's working in this store and you know, she's sort of like uh, a wry sort of sarcastic kind of character. 
and she she has these uh, sort of regular customers that come in that are sort of amusing. The one lady who doesn't remember her every what's, what's her name. Oh, oh. <laughs> the Nikto lady who doesn't know her every time she thinks she's she asked for the owner or whatever. And then there's the the uh, Rodian guy who comes in and sits down at the table in the same table every day. But no one knows anything about him. Nobody knows anything about him. But, um, you know, you get an impression that she's sort of sarcastic and she's got these kids who are sort of, you know, like kids, sort of a pain in the butt. Um, but I I really sort of. I don't know. I just had a. I really liked her character. I did a lot. I don't know how you guys felt about her. Yeah, I did too. Yeah. No, yeah. I liked her a lot. She's kind of this, you know, stronger female character, and you know, but she kind of she's. I guess you know every story has to have like the the every man. Like she's the us. Yes. She doesn't really know what's what's going on. She she knows her environment. She's very comfortable in it, but she's finding out everything that we're finding out at the same time. Yeah. Um. You know. So it, it, She's got the kids, and they got like you know these animals. So she and she was sort of raised on a farm, if I'm not mistaken, right? And she sort of yeah. knew all about like husbandry and everything and how to take care of animals. And um, she's got a son who uh, does not want any part of the store or the animals. He wants to be off shooting sand people. That's it. Her son wants to be one of the one of the cool guys. Like, he wants to he wants to be a man. He wants to be riding with Billy the Kid and the regulators, you know. And um, she says no. She don't want a part of it. She doesn't want him getting killed because um, she is a single mother. Her husband uh, got killed. I'm not sure how many years it was before this. Ten years, maybe. I don't remember exactly. Mm-hmm. But I believe he was he was killed by sand people just going out to he was going to Moss Eisley or something. I think. Um. So she's sort of been on her own doing all this, taking care of the store, sort of being the, the, the responsible person in the community because the other person uh, who is sort of the big wig, who the bigger character in that area is, called, is this guy Orrin Galt, who we just talked about earlier. Um, and she's sort of kind of at loggerheads with him. He's more like, hey, man, it's cool, you know, you know, sort of like. Her he's kids. Mr. Popular. Yeah, he's, Everybody yeah, likes he's, him. He's a he's a politician. Right. He's slick willy. He he slides when he walks. He's he, a used car salesman. Come on, help me out here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, exactly. You know, he's he's the salesman. He's always trying to he's he's like I said before, you know, kind of the the owner of this whole concept of of the settlers call and he's always out trying to get people to join up and you know, give them more money and and all that and so it's 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 interesting there. They're very they're very different in in that way. She's very kind of as you said, Chris, kind of responsible, kind of the glue that holds everything together. And he's this just kind of outgoing, crazy. And her husband and he and her husband right. were friends, and they were in business together. So that's where mm-hmm. the relationship began. Really, was with them. And then after her husband passed away, um, Orin felt some responsibility for caring for her family, but she didn't need him, if that right. makes sense, because she's pretty um, independent and has taken care of the, the whole place herself and doesn't need a guy to help her with that kind of stuff. But I don't know. They become kind of friends in a way. Um, he's like kind pseudo of pseudo friends, pseudo, pseudo friends. family, yeah. pseudo like everyone all thinks very they pseudo. Should, yeah, everyone thinks <laughs> they should be an item. And she, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Except for them, except especially for her. not her. Except <laughs> yeah, her. yeah, except for her. I'm sure he wouldn't mind it at all, which sort of plays into the story a little bit. Yeah. Um, but 
you know, I, I mean, the guy, the, the the author certainly frames him in a way where you're kind of like, this guy's got something up his sleeve, you know? Yeah. Because anybody that smiles that much, you know, you got to watch out for. And I mean, you know, let's face it, there's always got to be a sort of a slick, sort of greasy character in a, in a, in a Western that's sort of like playing both sides or sort of. So he's got something else going on, and he's not just that being altruistic, obviously. You know, he is trying to sell this settler's call to everybody. Um, <clears throat> and um, that's a big part of the. It's a really a, a neat twist in the story later on. But I uh, there's also another main character, I would say, in the book is a um, Tuscan raider. Yes. Mm-hmm. Who is named Ayark. But who the settlers call um, Red Eye, right? Was it Red Eye, or what was it? Plug Eye, Plug Eye, Plug Eye. That's Sorry, Plug Eye. <laughs> I was thinking of Cylons on Western planets and got them mixed. Well, up. Well, and, and see, it's funny that you you say that because at first, when like kind of when we got the first uh, description of of Iark yeah. or Red Eye, that's that's what I thought of right away. I thought of that episode of Galactica with with Red Eye and. Was it the Gun on Ice Planet Zero? Or something no, like it was. Oh no, no, no! It's um, the Western one with the tin tin foil Western uh, ten gallon hats. Yeah, uh, I can't remember. The no, name I can't of either. Story. And I mean, we we certainly had fun with it on on Ragtag. <laughs> I don't remember <laughs> the name of it though. It, it's one of the it was one of those um, Battlestar Galactica. If you ever watched the original, <laughs> they managed to cram a lot of different genres into um, one season of a TV show. No doubt about it. Um, but but obviously, obviously this this character turns out to be much more than you know just kind of the sideshow or like the the bad guy. Like you you would think you think initially that that Iark's the bad guy, right? It would well yeah that would it would be like say if you were watching a western mm-hmm. that the and then you saw uh, some Indians raiding, you would say oh Indians don't like them, you know. But then this sort of gives you more insight into what the Tusk. I when I was done. Reading this book, I was like, I want to know more about the Tuscan Raiders. That was a really, yeah. really more in depth. I, I'm fairly certain they haven't ever been dealt with that in depth. Yeah, before. I agree. There were whole chapters devoted to their philosophy yeah. and their, and I loved that. I wanted to know more about them. And yeah, it kind of figures into the whole Western thing because they they are you know the Apaches or the Comanches in an old West mo- you know in a Western movie, and it. Um, the the settlers call is the the posse or the the militia that goes and fights to defend the homesteads and stuff and even the names the Galts and the Caldwells I mean yeah I know they're not I Star Wars that. names you know like they're no but Western neither names. is Luke or right. Han so, <laughs> yeah Luke and Han I mean really Obi Wan that's like a Chinese I would imagine. yeah so it's like <laughs> Well, I know an obi is like a Japanese. It's a sash you wear around your waist. That's the oh, that's yeah, the sash, right? the obi. Yeah, maybe it is a Japanese. Yeah, I guess it was the Jedi were meant to be samurai like. Yeah, they're kind of samurai, so that makes sense. But yeah, I mean, it's interesting that that the naming of all kind of the settlers is like they have names that we would associate to settlers, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I always like when I don't know for some reason Star Wars and Western to me always fit. Yes, like, I agree. Like hand in glove, you know. It's like if you if you ever want to say I would like to write a Star Wars book, you you could do a lot worse and say, oh, let's 
frame it like a Western. And I guarantee you, you probably come out with a serviceable Star Wars novel. Oh, yeah. And, and I mean, it, that's, that, was, that was very deliberate. I know originally on, on Lucas's part, I have, I have a book called Magic of Myth. And I know there's, there's like a TV special that kind of does the same thing that the book talks about. And he very much took, like especially for all the stuff on Tatooine and, and Han's role as kind of like a gunslinger. Yeah. Yeah. And that kind of stuff. There was a lot of of influences taken from, you know, spaghetti westerns and you know the history of the old west in general and and stuff like that. Han so. even does yeehaw. I mean, come on. That's true. <laughs> exactly. The thing is, it's like it's Tatooine, like, and it's a huge galaxy. Like, there's planets out there, but yet people choose to live on Tatooine. It is so bizarre when you actually sit down and think about it. It's like. Well, it's an interesting, but it's interesting though because the author kind of explains that when you're born on in the middle of the boonies yeah. and you've never been anywhere else, you don't know anything else, you can't afford to go anywhere else. That's all you know. That's true. That's the life you know. I guess you can even frame it like now, like it's like I live in Florida, right? People want to come to Florida. So, A lot of Canadians, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um. That's another podcast. You know, but like no matter where you no matter where you go, it's like somebody else is like, oh, I'd like to go there. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm sick of it. You know, I'd like to go to Canada. What the heck? I want to see something different. But I mean, it is true. Like you just sort of get people, are, you know, you get sort of where you're, you're where you are financially or whatever sort of binds you to a place unless you decide to just pick up stakes and leave, you know, risk things. But you're right. It is a good point that like, yeah, these guys, they get down there and they say, listen, moisture farming is where it's at. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and then they put all their money into this, and yeah, really, what are they going to do? They can't afford to, nobody. You can't just go buy a Millennium Falcon. You got to win it in a card game. Exactly. You know, so it's like you know, yeah, you sort of like try to make your living where you, wherever you find. And that's it, and that's sort of what what these characters are doing. And it's a neat little. I mean, I think at the end of this book, you don't really expect to see another story set with these characters. But it would be cool. It would be great, but, but because they're sort of, it sort of wouldn't wouldn't be um, feasible. I don't think. I, well, that's it. And I, and I think we're we're very. I can't think. I can, I can only think of the word in French. Maybe it's because I've been drinking. But we're very. <laughs> I want to say gâté, but I don't know what that means. What that is in English. Uh, basically, we watch. You know, we watch Star Wars, and we see. You know the Imperial Navy, and we see the Millennium Falcon, and we see like the the Rebels with all their ships and Star Destroyers, and then we watch Star Trek, and they're all flying around the Enterprise, and they can do whatever they want. But these are not normal people in these universes that we're looking at. We're looking at you know with Star Trek, we're looking at like the the creme de la creme of mm-hmm. Starfleet, like right. the best. And in Star Wars, we're looking at like the Rebels versus the oppressive government. But like most people, they said it in this book, like these guys have never been on a, on a starship. They haven't been off planet ever. Yes. Anything like that. So these people are more like, you know, like we would be, let's say, you know, we'd be living in, in our homes and doing our jobs. And, you know, maybe there'd be some really great opportunity where we would go on a trip to a different planet. But it would be like once in our lives kind of a thing. Yeah. And they hear things through the grapevine there. So they really don't even know what really happened on Coruscant with the Jedi Temple and, you know, the power play. Right. They, they have kind of an idea that the Jedi turned on Palpatine. But that's all they know. I mean, they they have think, no yeah, they idea. keep referring to it as like this 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 empire thing, this yeah. new whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. like they don't know what the empire is. But because like they're so on the fringes, it's like they get the you know they might get some effect, but nothing really. And what I thought was it was an interesting way because like when you're watching the episode three, 
which is the best of the prequels. I don't think anybody's going to argue. Oh, I certainly agree with um, that. You, you go, really? Like, the Jedis have been protecting these Jokers for deck for like millennia, and then this guy who looks like a prune <laughs> is going to tell you, those guys are, they're they're bad. So, like, we're going to kill them all, and also we're an empire now. And then everybody goes, yeah, it sounds like a sounds reasonable, I think. I like, you know, I like the cut of his jib. But I mean, like, you realize that, like, that's how you, that is how, like, media and the news is sort of how you would make that feasible. Like, people hear it on the news, like, the Jedi's tried to assassinate the Chancellor. And they go, the NSA is spying on everyone. Right. Oh, hey. It's like, <laughs> oh, my goodness, the Jedi's are bad. Who knew? And they're like, oh, well, I never saw a Jedi before anyway. I mean, and if I did see one, I probably wouldn't know what it what it was anyway. So it's like, you know, I I, I kind of like that. I was like, yeah, I guess I sort of buy it a little bit more that like you could sort of sell it to the general population who probably never saw a Jedi, and if they or if they did, said, "Geez, look at this yeah. jerk," that like they were sort of like no good because they had powers. Nobody, these people probably didn't really understand what a Jedi was anyway. But like, I still find it sort of weird that the Senate bought it. But what am I gonna do? <laughs> well, I li- that's one of the things I like about this book and how it was um, written, where it's from the perspective of these original characters that you don't know. Right. You know, they're they're the main focus most of the time because you get to an idea of what the world is like for normal people, and you really get a sense of how isolated Obi Wan is, and what a fish out of water he is. Yeah. You know, in, in this area, because you you see them reacting to him and you feel awkward for him when he's in those scenarios. You're like, oh, oh, Ben, don't do that. <laughs> or, you know, and that's why did you because, ask that? <laughs> yeah, like we we see him in the movies and in other books and he's always so in control and he's always so smooth and he always knows what's going on. Or he, and he has like a, a funny quip to say or something like that. But here he's just he has no idea what's it. going on. I love it. I love that. I love that element of the book. I just because Obi Wan um, really is just sort of an, such an iconic character, and you do and you do kind of wonder when you watch Episode Four, like what the hell happened to Ben? <laughs> I mean, like I saw him fighting Grievous. I seen him like in the middle of like a million battle droids, and now he's just sort of hangs out in the desert. He looks super old and mm-hmm. sort of when he There's fights. Next bullet, yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Sorry, you know, he fights Vader. He looks really Mm -hmm. pathetic. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) what happened, Ben? I mean, you know, but yeah, it's it's a it's a cool. So we were were talking about a yark. But anyway, her. Oh, oops. Yeah, spoiler. (laughs) Before you go on, can I say something else before? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, When you were saying how much older he looked and everything, this book, one of the cool things about this book is like they help you. Have you know, develop pro- yes. yeah process it and develop reasons for it. Why he looks so much older is because people age really quickly in the desert. And um, what was the other thing they explained? Oh, his oh, how Anakin turns so quickly. You know, he, he is really messed up over what happened between him and Anakin in yeah. this book. And, and that is something I do love about. This yeah, book, me that too. Because deal with that. He's dealing with you know the loss of a brother. Yeah, and. and it- and the loss of his entire family, everything he's known. And they kind of help you deal with how quickly Anakin turned in uh, Revenge of the Sith. Um, 
by uh, listening to Obi-Wan try to talk to um, Qui-Gon, who he's, yeah. he knows is, you know, able to communicate with Yoda, and he's trying to communicate with him. Or at least Yoda does. told him that. Yeah. <laughs> so he's kind of, you know, pouring his heart out to Qui-Gon about all this stuff, and you learn through that that he feels guilty that he should have picked up on on all these cues of Anakin right. and it's turning slowly to the dark side. So, you know, that helped a lot for me, I guess. Yeah. Um, did you, either of you guys read the um, episode three novelization? Yes, I did. It's a e- long time ago. Yeah, it's, it's excellent. Um, and it does. That's James Lucino. Yeah, right? it is. It is. Stuff? And yeah. um, there is this, the, the, uh, the ending with, there is where he, he speaks to Qui-Gon with Yoda. Yes, that's true. Um, and uh, that novelization is just incredible. I mean, it really, really sort of fills in a lot. Um, they did a really bang up job with that. It really it, it sort of, if you ever had a problem with episode three in any way, this sort of, I think, fills in so much that it sort of justifies any problems you might have. But yeah, I love the um, sort of, and this is why I've always said that when you, when you now that we have hindsight with, with, with prequels, it's so clear to me that, Episode one, completely extraneous. If you lose it, you lose nothing. You don't lose anything. If you lose episode one, what do you lose? You lose little kid Anakin. Don't need him. You lose Darth Maul. Clearly don't need him because he's, he's done away with by the end of the movie anyway. Um, Except in Clone Wars when, they, when he came back. But. Yeah, but, but I'm saying, if, let's say like if you were to go back in time and say oh, yeah. you wouldn't need episode one. You'd make episode two sort of be more of a beginning. And because... Star Wars has never been about, like, let me explain everything that's ever happened. No, it's like you get thrown into the story, you're on Tatooine, there's something, there was the Clone Wars, they sort of mentioned a million, like a couple times as a throwaway. There's Jedis, there's this, there's that, this is the world you're in. And and it sort of, like, paints a bigger world without having to sort of explain it. Whereas the prequels sort of, unfortunately, because everybody's like, I want to know this, I want to know that, they sort of were about explaining everything. But, blah blah midichlorians. Right. It's like who cares? Like <laughs> if if some of episode of some of the last prequel movie were dealing with some of these things, like uh, the fallout of what would happen if, if if a Jedi turned bad and and sort of I I when I was younger and they, they I don't know if you guys ever were a member of the Star Wars fan club like I was, but <laughs> there was a magazine called Bantha Tracks. And the magazine was sent out to the to the fan club members. And there was an uh, after Return of the Jedi, there was an article about how George Lucas wanted to tell the story of Anakin Skywalker. This is sort of maybe a year after Return of the Jedi came out. So like I'm ten or so, and I read that. And I'm like, oh yeah. And then for like years, I would just imagine in my head like, what would I want to see, you know? And I kind of envisioned it. Of course, we all envisioned it a lot different than what what came out. But I sort of always imagined that you would get a lot more of sort of, because Obi-Wan tells you um, Darth Vader hunted down and killed the Jedi Knights. He didn't tell you, uh, Darth Vader killed a bunch of them, but really the clone troopers killed the rest, which is sort of how... That's not not important anyways. Right, but it's not important. Yeah. But I kind of just pictured more of Darth Vader sort of being more in control of it. um, Right. And now that there's a new series coming out um, later on this year called Rebels, which should be fun. But now they've got another character called this in- the Inquisitor, I guess. Oh, yeah, that kind of ruins things. And I'm like, ah, 
Be- and like, Vader's supposed to no, be the... Yeah, isn't that Darth Vader's job? Right, and I was sort of like, <laughs> you know, I think I, I put this either on the, our, the Treks and Sci-Fi Facebook group or the forum. I said, there is a really cool character who is good at hunting down Jedi sets <laughs> called Darth Vader. And I think Brian said, well, I think we've we've had enough of that for a while, the, the, the Anakin Vader. But I'm like, well, no, we haven't had Vader. A sort of, I would, I, there was also another novel, The Rise of Darth Vader, which sort of deals with Anakin being Darth Vader mm-hmm. right after episode three that was pretty good. Um, I'm interested in that. I'm, I'd be very interested to see what Vader was up to. I mean, you know, how did he become the terror of the galaxy? You know what I mean? And I mean, speaking about that book, it's actually cool. Actually, I'm, I'm looking at the, the Kenobi uh, Wikipedia page, and uh, The Rise of Darth Vader is actually chronologically the next book oh, in, in, well, in the sense. series. Yeah, yeah I th- it, Which does make sense. I think but, Obi-Wan and, is in that book. I think he is. Like I read it a long time ago, but the, the interesting thing in that book is that you see that Vader is very conflicted. He's still Anakin in that suit. Right. He's not like... It's not that all of a sudden he turned to the dark side and he just became this evil, horrible thing. Like He did become evil, but... I think we're, you know he's he's still like t- he's he's torn up over over Padme and that like you know he, that he he's certain that he killed her and you know he obviously doesn't know he has his kids were born because so he thinks he killed his wife and his kids yeah yeah I think we got cheated <laughs> <laughs> no I I just I mean they wanted to, I'm sure what, what, the, what the reasoning is they want a cool character that's sort of new that's evil and is going to make a cool yeah. toy. Well, one sure. of the you know, cool things, bringing it back to the, the book, sorry yeah, to interrupt, sorry. But one of the cool <laughs> things about, no, that's right. One of the cool things about this story is, is that you get to feel what Obi-Wan feels during all this. And one of the things, other than feeling the loss of his family and his brother, is the fear he has that he's going to be discovered. Mm-hmm. Right. And they're going to come for him next. And that's part that figures into this um, weird relationship he has with Annaline. You know, he kind of pushes her away and doesn't want to befriend her. And because he's afraid not only that he's going to be discovered, but he's going to fail in his mission, which is ultimately to defend and to watch over Luke, who is the hope, you know, the new hope of the galaxy. You know? Yeah. So. Yeah. I, 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 I love anything that sort of, uh, refers to um, what any kind of character who, who who is any of these movies sort of reflecting on the events, like as if they were a real thing. Like you said, like you said, he didn't he didn't Anakin didn't just you know one day turn to the dark side. He had something in him. When we all saw episode two, you know, he slaughtered, which is touched on by a yark, mm-hmm. um, his uh, slaughter of the Tuscan camp as like this legend of this <laughs> monster. Does- Obi-Wan ever pick up on that? Because it seems like he's like always like, well, what happened here? What went on? And no one actually says, oh, well, a Jedi came here and killed everybody. <laughs> you know, I don't think yeah, he's Right, because ever... I guess because he didn't, was he, he wasn't on Tatooine when that happened. No, right? or was he? he was on, no. uh, on uh, Geonosis. Geonosis, right. Yeah. Fighting Jango. I mean, but I mean, you wonder if Padme told him because he, Anakin came, th- th- listen, Padme, major issues with her character. I mean, you know, I've been in love before, but like if my girlfriend came home and said, I just killed a whole mess of people because I was and really kids too. and kids <laughs> and, yeah. and then you're like, what? And she goes, I was really pissed off. I'm like, 
My mom. That's all right. I understand. You ever slowly back away from somebody? Yeah. You know, it's like, come on, I'm stuck on this desert with this guy, you know, and he's looking at me all weird. And then there's like the emperor music playing. I don't know what to do here. But, um, yeah, Padme. Padme yeah, uh, uh, dictatorship all the way, buddy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Padme really must have dug the his looks because, uh, she overlooked a hell of a lot with him. I mean, unless maybe, you know, it's like Jedi's kill people all the time. You know, yeah, that's just... something Angela and I can't wait to get to is discussing that whole series of movies. Because <laughs> that's a problem we both have is, you know, we understand liking the bad boy, but something here doesn't click. All right. Bad boy is sort of like I got like a cool swoop. And mm-hmm. I got a tattoo, <laughs> and like my lightsaber's got like flames and crap on it. But like, you're not slaughtering a whole bunch <laughs> of, pe- of people. That's not a bad boy. That's a, a serial. That's like serial. A yeah, that's a that's serial killer. That's like a Buffalo it's Bill. Dexter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Put the lotion in the basket, Padme. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, really. Listen, okay. I mean. Uh, whatever. I mean, we could talk. About, I could talk about the prequels forever and the good and bad because there's good. There's good. Oh yeah, oh, there's there lots good. The about whole it. like the whole end of episode two is eminently watchable. The the whole fight in the arena and all the Clone War and all that stuff. That's great. And some and some parts of it on Coruscant are cool. But there's that whole middle blob where he's they're on freaking. Uh, uh, Naboo. Naboo. And, oh, I can't wish my wish I could wish my feelings away and all that garbage. And what? she's like, I don't want to lead this guy on, but let me wear my push up uh, bra <laughs> by the fire with the leather outfit. You know, I don't want this guy to get any funny ideas. Yeah, basically, any, any of the, the anything, anytime anyone had to express emotion, it didn't go over very well. Right. Everything else was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, Peter Jackson, I mean, Lord, they could have learned a, th- a thing or two from Lord of the Rings, you know. They seem to be able to portray emotion a little bit better in epic circumstances. But, you know, again, I'm not I don't want to bash. I don't want I mean, people can bash the prequels all day long. And I I mean, and we pick them. I pick things apart. I pick my I pick I can pick Wrath of Khan apart. It's probably my second favorite movie of all time. It's just what what we do as fans. I mean, no, oh, exactly. You know what I mean? And so I guess another thing with, with regard to the book that's uh, that's interesting to talk about is is this I guess one of the claims to fame for this book is it's one of those EU novels where you don't really need to know a lot. Basically, you could you, you needed to watch the prequels and maybe, you know, the original movies as well. And you'd basically know everything you needed to know, except for one thing. And that's uh, this this story of, of this Jedi they keep referring to, Ash, of Sherrod Het. Sherrod Het, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah. Yeah, and the cool thing about that is it actually ties into the comic books. Which is that this that John Jackson Miller wrote, right? Um, and the further comic books, like uh, Star Wars Legacy, mm-hmm. which take place about a hundred years after Return of the Jedi, and the main villain in those books is Asherod Het, who is Sherrod Het's son, who becomes a Sith. Uh, Sherrod Het's son, right? Uh, who is Darth, Darth, Darth Krait, Krait, Krait. Right. Yeah, and that's a pretty neat series. Um, it's not. I mean, it's it's kind of wacky, but. You know, I think it's definitely worth reading. You can get the you can get the graphic novels for pretty cheap right now. Yeah, I think they come in like an omnibus. Yeah, I really enjoyed it, and it was sort of a different take on Star Wars. Um, they basically everybody's got lightsabers. Let's just put it that way. I mean, there's there's different. There's uh, there's Imperial Knights. There's Jedi's. There's Siths everywhere. Everybody's 
and like the emperor is a Jedi. Yeah. And it's it's but but there are some um, holdovers from um, the original series. The ghost of Luke shows up and um, sort of harasses the main character, whose name is um, what. Is it Cade, Cade Skywalker? Skywalker, who's like sort of like a miscreant. He, his father gets killed. The Jedi's get killed. He sort of becomes a smuggler, drug addict kind of guy. <laughs> and apparently, he he does these the death sticks uh, to stop Luke from bothering him, which I found pretty pretty amusing. <laughs> you know, to, to cut Luke out of his head. But yeah, the um, getting back to the book, I keep digressing, but that's what I do. Oh, it's easy enough to do with yeah. Star Wars. Yeah, the yeah the, the Sherrod Het was a Jedi who became a Tusken Raider. Um, yeah, so I guess his story was that something horrible happened to his planet or on his planet, and he exiled himself to Tatooine, basically. Yeah. And he became yeah, a sand and person, a, and I guess he became the warlord of this this uh, this band of sand people right. that we that we're interacting with, and he was married to someone that I another female that was that a yark knew or was it a, a relation she of was, a yark no, she, yeah. she was a human slave oh right yes yeah and that's how a yark knew how to speak basic so she could communicate mm-hmm. yeah yeah that was um all of the, all that stuff was cool this oh, i love the sand people stuff in this book the, the, the describing of the wrappings like if you get like a rock yeah. in your wrapping oh well deal better, with it better get used to that rock <laughs> Because it's going to be there for the rest of your life. And that's part of so their guess, philosophy, like, it, too, yeah. because they, they feel like life is suffering and pain. Right. And and uh, getting rocks and blisters is just part of it. And there's a very apt um, philosophy, or, or snuff philosophy. There's an apt little story they tell about the sons, the, the brothers. They chase each other across the uh, sky. And those are basically like their gods. Right. And it's sort of... Right? Yeah, it is, and it sort of mirrors the Anakin Obi Wan sort of story, which I found kind of yeah, that's a good tie-in. Interesting. Yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah, what I liked about the way he wrote about the Sand People was that they became a people, not just some donkey brained <laughs> people that you're not sure what the heck they are. No, they were a people. And yeah. Like I got the impression that they they might even actually be human. Yes, me too. Yeah. Or, or 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 used to be, um, but you know I guess they've never, you know like the, the funny they kind of tiptoe around that because like clearly the settlers had have killed sand people and I think mm-hmm. have taken their their clothes their wrappings off. off. So I mean they would know what a sand person looks like. But they don't yeah. ever touch on that ever. No, and I love the, the mystery book. about it. Yeah, it is but cool. He, like we still don't know. They know, but we right. don't. He even yeah. goes as, as far as describing that they. What they smell like, they Bad. stink, and that's good writing. When you can smell it and taste it and yes. feel it, that's oh, good yeah. writing. Yeah, and I and I mean, if you go sorry, ahead, I, I just had a question about procreation. I mean, if these people don't ever take their wrappings off, I don't know how babies are happening. But what the hell? Is <laughs> just hey. saying. I mean, you know, listen. I'm sure there's some slash fic out there somewhere. <laughs> there's cle- I mean, yeah, there's clearly little Tuscan babies hey, running if around. They have, if they have little lenses for their eyes, I'm sure there are other things. Oh, right, all right, right. Right. Yeah, little lenses in other places, too. <laughs> well, yeah, and then didn't they sort of, they did sort of touch on the lenses, too. Like, it seems odd to put lenses that would cut off, like, most of your vision, right? Mm-hmm. Like, if you're a warrior, you'd want to have most of the vision. But That's probably why they suck at shooting. I would imagine. They can hit those pod racers, though. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And it's also, I, I found it cool, like, you, they, they, like they, they hate technology. Yes. But they steal it. 
Well, see, there was a there was a theft of I guess a, a vaporator, mm-hmm. and initially that was that was viewed to be a, an affront and a mistake, and then I guess uh, IARC finds a way to kind of turn it to their advantage. But that's not something that the Sand People do. They don't use technology; they destroy technology. Yeah, a lot, and 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 a lot of the book or later on the book, IARC sort of figures out that like they're not going to survive if they continue to cling to all these. Um, sort of philosophies that are not bettering them as a people, you know. Sort of, we need to change a little bit to uh, survive because they're getting wiped out. Um, very, yeah. uh, you know, you she's, can't. She's, go ahead. I'm sorry. You can't help, like I said, the the, the obvious uh, sort of correlation or, or, or analogy is it goes along with uh, Native Americans. Mm-hmm. That's what what the Sand people are. And the settlers are the people that are, you know, they don't understand that that they're, um, you know, on somebody else's. Somebody else was there first. You know, it's like these sand people are just killing us for no reason. Well, or or maybe they just don't care. Or maybe you know, the, the, I don't know if you guys were know you guys know Little House in the Prairie, right? Yeah, remember that in the and Laura. Ingalls, I have to. It's required. <laughs> Laura Ingalls Wilder. Well, I, I've read I read all those books when I was a kid. Uh, I had a crush on Melissa Gilbert. She was my first crush. I was, redheads were imprinted on me for the rest of my life, thanks to that show. But I did read the books, and I, and then the real the real story of her dad, Charles Ingalls. You know, he settled on Indian land, and just figured, well, the government will be here to get these Indians to go away. You know, because I want to live here, and that didn't happen, and they had to move. But that was sort of the attitude of the American settlers was, yeah, well, we're going to come. What? What's the big deal? You know, now there's, can we get rid of these Indians that are sort of impeding on us having a farm and everything? And it just the, the mindset is it was was, you know, a little imperialistic, maybe, but just sort of like, yeah, we, we want to live here. But that's the way most Western civilization is. Yeah. I mean, do you ever do you all like Eddie Izzard? Yeah, I love Eddie. Izzard. Do you have a yeah. flag? You know, like, <laughs> that's the way they conquer. But it's not that it's good, but that's the way it is. Yeah, but what uh, one of the spoilers about um, this uh, leader of the Sand People is that it's a woman, yes. and they are not, you know, supposed to lead or be warriors. And she's leading, and she's being a warrior. But I like that because she's also kind of a mother to the entire tribe. Right. She's thinking of taking care of them and raising them and keeping them alive and together and helping them grow. And that's, that was a cool tie in with the whole thing that Annalene is going through with her kids and her family and trying to keep it, keep them together and survive, you know, the catastrophes that keep happening that involve the Galt, the Galt's and her son. Yeah. Right. And I guess, yeah, the way, the way we find out she's a woman, if I remember correctly, is that, you know, Obi-Wan, returns her her son's body to yeah. her mm-hmm. yeah the the um the, my a, re, a really uh sort of a cool scene was when um obi-wan and uh, annaline sort of first come across each other i think it's when they i'm not sure because again it's been a few weeks and my short-term memory it's not as good but is the first time that they meet when the when there's the uh, Eop, not the Opie or the, the um, what's the other animal I'm thinking of that runs away and the daughter sort hey. of oh um, yeah I can't think of that is it a it's not a Bantha was it a, a Dubak Dubak yeah Dubak is yeah. running away and her daughter sort of um, 
on it, and she goes mm-hmm. to save her, and then Obi-Wan sort of saves them. Is yeah. that the first time that they encounter yeah. each other? Okay, it is. And Ayark is watching from a distance, and, Obi- she, and Obi-Wan uses the Force, but from her perspective, it looked like Annalene uses the use the force mm-hmm. or um to to lift up uh this this thing and so she believes so she becomes sort of obsessed with Annalene that she's meant to be a sand person cuz she's part of the prophecy of, of uh, what was it well, it's sort of like to be like Sharad Het another yeah. Sharad Het and right. yeah she's a the an air shaper yeah, or something yeah. like, like a wizard yeah, yeah like a wizard yeah yeah like everyone has like their Everyone has a nickname. Right. Mm-hmm. Ayark gives everyone basically a nickname. Yeah, you know, like Oren's the the smiling man or mm-hmm. smiling one the or smiling something like one. that. What was Obi Wan like? Hairy face or something like that. Yeah, yeah. But that's sort of how Obi Wan sort of comes in contact with these people at the oasis. He saves uh, Annalene and her daughter, and the daughter becomes obsessed with him. Mm-hmm. I think that's a funny kind of side yeah. story there. That little you know. Teenage infatuation yeah. with and this guy. The, the the daughter being infatuated with Obi Wan is how, which is I've always wondered and finally got answered in this book. Why is he Ben Kenobi if he's trying to hide? Right. I know. Have a right. relationship. It's like, hey, here's my here's this is my last name. Don't. Why Google isn't he me. like you know? Why isn't he Ben Smith or whatever the Star Wars equivalent <laughs> is? Kenobi the Smith of Star Wars. I don't know. You know, it is. Oh, as it turns out, he was he was just Ben until right. she overheard him talking to Qui Gon. Right. Well, also though, it explains that there are other Kenobi's on Tatooine. Yeah. So that's quite why a few of them. Get, yeah, he didn't get rid of the name because of that. So. I like that. I like that. Uh, yeah, there was some other Kenobi. And you know, like Skywalker too. You know, it's bad enough you're putting a kid with with, <laughs> with the Alars, but you let him keep his name. <laughs> I mean, but apparently. I think I read another book where, yeah, there's Skywalkers all over the place. It's a pretty common name. So, you know, I guess that you got to explain. Otherwise, it's utterly ridiculous that if, if you don't want Darth Vader to find the kid, you don't let him keep his name. Um, but Like he didn't forget, oh, wait, what was that? Skywalker? No, I, I don't know right. what that yeah. is. It doesn't, doesn't ring a bell. But I, and I, th- I think I've heard it explained in other media, like, well, the last place he'd ever want to go is where his mother died. and mm. So, you know, he wouldn't. Did Star, did Star Wars invent the retcon? Oh, they had to have because, or I think no, I think Star Trek. I think Star Trek probably beat it by a little bit. I'm sure somewhere along the way they've retconned Star Trek. No, yeah, I think you're right. Star Wars did because they've certainly everything that's ever been written before the prequels was has been retconned. That's for damn sure. Yeah. Um, and you know, like like something like uh, like Obi Wan picking up the lightsaber in Episode Three that was filmed afterwards because Lucas forgot. It's like, oh yeah, he ha- he has to give it to Luke. Uh, yeah, I Can't about go that. in the lava, like. <laughs> yeah, but um, so he ends up going. She says to him, "You come to my store, you know. I'm gonna I'm gonna set you up." He comes to the store, and uh, you know, he <laughs> he's just very. I don't know. He's just very awkward. It's all very awkward with Obi Wan and this girl, and and the uh, and there's a little. Um, you mean Annalene? Annalene, yeah, the mom. Yeah, the mom, yeah. sorry, Annalene. And there's the and you you kind of it's sort of like a will they won't they building throughout the book, 
of her and Obi-Wan. You can tell yeah. that she sort of digs him and you know, he, he does sort of, too. He's coming back. <laughs> he does. And he, but he's trying so hard to be inconspicuous and he's failing so badly. Like he's doing everything <laughs> he can so that no one knows anything about him and they and Annalene even says it. it's like you're trying so hard to be inconspicuous that you stick out like a right. sore thumb. Yep. And I mean I was even knowing Obi-Wan, I was still like, come on Obi-Wan, she really likes you, man. <laughs> I mean she seems like she'd be perfect for you. But, you know, I know it's not gonna work out in the end. Well, and, and he also struggling with remaining a Jedi, but not being a Jedi. Yeah. Cause, you I mean, know, cause no it's in his nature to save people. He wants to get involved, but he ha- he can't, you know, if he wants to hide, he can't. Yeah. One of the things so. I thought that was a pretty smart bit of writing in episode two is when Anakin says, well, Jedi are, enc- even though we're not supposed to have relationships where they're encouraged to love, mm-hmm. because they're supposed to be, you know, they're supposed to be concerned about everybody. Yeah. That's a Jedi's job. And I thought that was a pretty smart bit of writing on Lucas's part to sort of explain, you know, why the Jedi's aren't, you know, bopping. Oh, I, they always say you're not supposed to have a family. I don't know if they are celibate monks. No. I I choose to believe they're not. <laughs> I choose well, even, well, Obi-Wan even kind of says, you know, the force runs through families, you know, right. he kind of talks about that, you know, whether or not he should or shouldn't have a relationship, not necessarily with Annalene, although he said he liked her, you know, and he was talking to Qui-Gon, but yeah, because there's a previous book that I don't think I've read where he kind of does get into sort of a relationship. And I think they, they yeah. reference it tangentially in this book too. Well, they, they didn't do. call her by name because there's two people he could or couldn't have had relationships with. One was in that book you're referring and to. In the Clone Wars. And yeah. in the Clone Wars, yeah. she was a Mandalorian. Mandalorian, the, the yeah. Countess right. or whatever, yes. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 that's true. And so it's like, you know, and then you look at that and you go, geez, Anna, you know, Anakin, you know, Obi-Wan's had this problem. Why don't you talk about your feelings? Although he did in episode two basically tell him, listen, I've been dreaming about this girl. Like, you yeah. couldn't believe Obi-Wan. <laughs> Holy mackerel, I get to see her again. This is so awesome. And Obi-Wan's like, oh. And it's funny, the, the, more, the, the more we talk You're about... You're so horny, Anakin. <laughs> yeah. The more we talk about the book and the writing, it's like there's all these little things that in, like, a... Uh, I guess I could say a crappier writer would have just come out and done it. Mm-hmm. But here would they just hinted things like there's kind of this, this ongoing thing where everyone who's friends with Annaline calls her Annie. Yes. Mm-hmm. And he said, no, and he never no, will. He, he says that he, and he won't do it obviously because of Anakin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that. I like, I didn't even, I didn't even like at first I was like, what's this problem? I'm like, Oh, right. Right. I forgot about Annie. Annie right. <laughs> little Annie. Little well, Annie who I chopped up. One of the things we haven't mentioned at all is the humor Oh, There's great. a lot of humor in this book and witty dialogue. Yeah. I enjoy a good Absolutely. bit of witty banter, and that is throughout the book. Yeah, it's and well done. I listened uh, to this on audio. Uh, I did too. See, I, 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 I did it half-half. It's excellent. The Star Wars audiobooks, um, their productions, production, like their production sound effects, value. music. So really, I think, and the guy who read it, I don't remember – I don't have the. I don't Daniel have the. Yeah, he's his Obi Wan uh, is excellent. Um, yeah, I, I, it sounds the like Clone Wars. It sounds like you know it's very close. So it sort of drew me into the story very. Well. And I, it was long. What was it like? Thirteen hours, I want to say fourteen hours, something like that. So I mean, I had quite a bit of listening, but I have I usually have a lot of time to listen. Um, so that worked out, but because reading and me don't get along uh, anymore, <laughs> I fall asleep very easily. I've been trying to read the Stephen yeah. King book. The, the latest Stephen King book. I'm almost done with it, and every, every once in a while, I'm like you know what? It's like 8:30. The kids are sleeping. I'm gonna go. I want to read like 100 pages. 
yeah, it doesn't matter if I if I sit down at eight thirty, I'll fall asleep. It's like I, yeah. So so what I've taken to doing is I do the uh, I have a I have a Kindle, so I do the the whisper mm-hmm. synchro voice oh, yeah. thing. That, yeah, and it works great. So yeah, I got the the Kindle copy and the and the audio book on Audible. Yeah. Yep, and they they usually sync up pretty well. Yeah. Sometimes the Kindle doesn't quite work properly. And you have to kind of futz with it a little bit to get it working, but but it's great. Like it's literally the first word on the top left corner of your Kindle. You go on to the audio book, and it says that word. Yeah, I love my you know, Kindle. Once it's synced up right, I love my. And that that's something that you can also use. I, I have an Audible subscription too, and um, I use the Kindle app on my iPad, so that is also available on the iPad. Yeah, but I, it's funny because I fall asleep too while I'm reading. So I I read, yeah, but I I'm the type of person who's like, dang it, I'm going to read this. I'm not going to listen to it. You know, I'm going to read this. But I I also listen to audio books too while I'm at work. So I'm listening to two different stories. Like I'm listening to one and I'm reading one. Yeah. Usually that's the way I work. Yeah. And, you know, we we keep talking about age, and maybe this is something that happens because <laughs> when 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 I was a kid, I could read like five books at the same time. <laughs> And I would know where I was, and my parents would always tell people, you know, they'd go, oh, you know, Joe reads like five books, yeah. and he knows where he is, and he can tell you about all of them, and whatever. And now, like, I, I tried to do, you know, an audio book and a Kindle book separately, and it just, like, the Kindle book would always kind of fall to the wayside, because I'd, be, I'd drive to work every day, so I listen to audio books there. And uh, so now I just decided, you know what, I'm going to, one at a time, and, and that's, that's all I can handle. <laughs> there's too many, there's too much stuff in yeah. my brain now, and it, there's no more space, and uh, something has to something has to get pushed out for something new to go yeah. in. Yeah. So. No, I usually, sorry, this is a tangent, but I do that too <laughs> where I can read more than one book at a time, but usually it has to be either a different genre or one has to be a, a informational book. Oh, that's a good And point. the other has to be fictional. So that's the way I manage it. But Yeah. Right, like I can read an ASP.net programming book and and a Star Wars book, but I can't read two Star Wars Right, books. yeah. Well, what I usually do is I'll have like a nonfiction, like a historical type mm-hmm. thing that either I'm listening to or reading. And yeah, like you said, listen to, listen or read a, 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 a fiction. I usually am reading a, um, a nonfiction book because I, I can sort of break, I can sort of remember those for some reason, like where I am and what, why I was reading it and, you know, better than whenever I'm, I pick up this book I'm reading, which is a good book, by the way. It's like never an indictment of the book that I fall asleep. It's just that I'm tired. I mean, but the Steve, this latest Stephen King book is really excellent. Well, I mean, it's a Stephen King book, so already it's good. But, yeah, I just and – I, and I pick it up and I'm like, now what the hell was going on? And then, you know, and then I kind of – oh, right, 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 right. Okay, I know I'm actually surprised about about this <laughs> yeah about this book in particular like I'm looking at the, the it, this released August 27 2013 so it's a new it's a new book mm-hmm. and I it surprises me that someone hasn't written this already yeah. like this seems like a very logical story it seems to like tell. it should have been written in 2006 <laughs> or something or it should have been written you know like at the beginning of the EU kind of thing yeah. like back in the 90s like you know, this is like directly like this is Shadows of the Empire and this like it just makes sense. Yeah, it's 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 my it's to me the my the biggest right now it is the biggest mystery in the Star Wars universe, isn't it? The episode mm-hmm. the the twenty years between three and four, 
you know, what, 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 what went on. And I guess we're going to, or I can't remember. Did Lucasfilm put a moratorium on that they time did. period? Um, yes. So that's why nobody's done stuff there. I'd uh, like to know about Yoda's life too. I mean, surely well, I think we know. something <laughs> other than living in the swamp the entire time. I mean, well, it's an interesting parallel, right? Mm-hmm. Like, well, I mean, obviously they had to do it for the same reasons. But you know, you have yeah. what I was. Ben I think that was, in the there desert, a story in Yoda there, the swamp. Yeah, there's a story there with him. Why is that cave full of the dark side? I would like to see Yoda sort of dealing with yeah. that, battling that. Maybe there's a story. Yeah, there. like is that is that something he did before he went? Like, had he been to Dagobah before for that, or is that something he dealt with when he went? I say there? there's a story on Dagobah, but I think you need a really good writer to do it because otherwise it could it could be kind of like, you know, there'd have to be some sort of you couldn't the whole book couldn't be. I don't think they'd have ever done. Have they done anything from Yoda's point of view as a book? Dark Rendezvous or I, something? Yeah, one. yeah I like that one. I didn't, I didn't read that one. Yeah. Was it good? Yes. Because I, I think Yoda... I need to go back and read that one again. I read it once when it came out, and I don't remember much about Yoda's, it. I remember enjoying it. Yoda but. seems, to me, would be a real hard character to sort of get a grip on. Mm-hmm. I, to, like, find kind of his point of view and everything. I would, I would, You could have Yoda as a character, but I can't imagine a book from Yoda's point of view for some reason I think it would be because he's such a um he's 900 years old he's sort of sort of he's very otherworldly obviously I just eh, whatever well he's like he's the sage right, right? so yeah. it's hard to tell a story from that it's perspective because like usually it's like well, could you, could you yeah. tell Gandalf's story you know what I mean it's like uh, well I think you'd have to tell a story from the perspective of him being young and learning but it, it's not really interesting to tell a story of someone who knows everything already <laughs> yeah. well that's kind of like what they did with Obi-Wan I mean, it worked for him, so you'd have to use original characters probably to tell that story. Mm-hmm. So I, would, I, mean, I would be very interested to see somebody try to tackle the Yoda and Dagobah story mm-hmm. because, you know, those are the two characters that are left at. And, and, and maybe, I mean, I'm up for it, Star Wars anyway. And then, they, you know, Bail Organa and uh, how sort of the, the formation of the rebellion, all that stuff seems very, I may probably stuff that's going to be dealt with in, in the rebel show, I would imagine. But that seems pretty ripe for, um, for uh, mm-hmm. storytelling. It's, it's this, to me, it's such an interesting time in that Star Wars universe. Like to me, you know, I'm, I'd be more like, I, I was excited. Are they going to make a Boba Fett movie with, in that time frame? Sounds cool. Are they going to make a Han Solo movie in that time frame? That sounds cool to me because I want to know. I want to know what was going on in that time. Oh, it's, a, it's an interesting, like you said, it's an interesting time that we don't know much about. And we know so much about every other moment in time. Like every right. second has been mapped out in the EU if you follow, if you've been following the EU since, you know, 1995 or whenever. No, earlier with the Zon books. No, that was um, that was 90, 91, 90, yeah. 91. Well, yeah, we're earlier in the so, 90s. Yeah, but it was um, yeah. I anyway. So that's that's where this is set. But it's first year. The first year yeah. of that 20 years is this book. I think this book covers about a year. Yeah, and the the huts are in it. Jabba's in it. Yes. Um, the there's just a lot you get to visit Anchorhead and um, Mos Eisley, Mos Eisley, Mos Eisley, and they 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 go to Mos Espa at one point and come back from Mos Espa for the race. Actually, I don't. It wasn't the Boonta Eve Classic. It was a, a crappy. Yeah, race they were like, that, it's not a Boonta Classic, but you know, it's something. Yeah, but they all came back drunk, and that's when kind of the big uh, attack happened mm-hmm. from the same people. Oh, so was... we want to talk about what happened to the bad. <laughs> You know the, the twist in the story. <laughs> right. since we were spoiling everything anyway. Which, which, what do you mean with with Galt? Well, 
with the Galts. I mean, yeah. okay. So yeah. So Orin Galt is <clears throat> how he's been set up is the leader of, of these, these people that are trying to defend everybody from, or the settlers are trying to defend themselves from the sand people. And he sort of gets everybody into that. And there are, you know, to join up, like we said earlier, you need a subscription. You got to pay him for all the all the stuff. And it's based on how much how land much you land have. you have. And there's one guy that doesn't <laughs> want to. And what the heck is his name? Drunky McGee. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's this guy likes the sauce. But um, so he's refused and refused. He's like, I ain't paying you. Get out of my face. And he's sort of a he's sort of a curmudgeon, and nobody likes him. Um, well, in the book, his Olbrecht, Kyle, yeah, Kyle Olbrecht. Mm-hmm. Um, he is, so his, I'm just I'm looking at that map and they right. have his, his compound. So his, it. his farm gets attacked by Tuscan Raiders. And, uh, what do you know? <laughs> it's not, not Tuscan, Tuscan Raiders. Raiders. It's Arn Galt, um, and his, um, Awful kids. His kids. Yeah. Well, he they raid him because he's the the holdout. He's right, like the, he's the holdout. He's rich, and, and he doesn't want anyone's help, and he's not going to take it, and he's not going to pay his price for his subscription to Crate Scream or right. whatever. But the um the the motivation for for Galt is that he owes the Huts mm-hmm. buku bucks. Yeah, like they're coming for him. They're like, listen. We're not waiting anymore. In the, at, at a point in the uh, earlier in the story than this, um, a collection agent comes to the uh, Pika Oasis. The guy in like the the hot rod, yeah, low the hot rider, rod with the speeder with the subwoofers. subwoofers the yeah. <laughs> literally, they say it's ba- it's blasting music. So literally, he's got subwoofers in his in his air speeder yeah. or whatever Is land that, speeder. That part <laughs> took me out of the story just a, a little bit. A little. It was yeah. a little bit goofy. It's like really, but anyway. That's it. it. Like it, his speeder looked like a the, the explorer, the a, a snub fighter. They yeah. said. So yeah. So this so the, these collection agents. This guy comes and says, "We're calling in your we're calling in your debt. You have this much time." And these guys work. For and they Java, work for Java. Yeah. And there's a whole thing of where when this happens, uh, her kid crashes uh, in a. Uh, Speeder with a drunken with this guy's drunken daughter and ruins her speeder and so this this uh, the, what's his oh Jesus Louise Orin says all right he gives her he comes to her and he says listen you go take a take have a day in Mos Eisley and go here there's a surprise for you and he basically gives her a day in Mos Eisley and is bu- it's like a spa, spa day, day. No. he's buying her a um, a new land speeder. I Apparently, very fancy. Very, very fancy. Red yes. is very fancy. It's like it's like uh, Bale Organa, as it sounds like, you know, like <laughs> a hot rod kind. And um, of course, they pick up Obi Wan and his his Eopi, who oh right, his air conditioner, his air broke, conditioner basically. broke, and his <laughs> dragging it and is pissed off about it. And um, do we find out? I think that's when we find out that his. Eopi's pregnant. I'm not sure if it's then, but anyway, there's, there's so there's much so stuff. Much stuff yeah. it's, it's so good. Interesting. So anyway, they end up taking Obi Wan, and her kid, her son, is all like, "Oh, stupid Obi Wan! <laughs> You're not my dad." Yeah, and, and his daughter's <laughs> over the moon, like, "Oh my god! Oh, Ben is so hot." 
<laughs> you know, and it's a pretty. It's so funny. You know, it's, it's like stepdad. It just. It's like the kids like immediately treating uh, Obi Wan like a stepdad. You know, like yeah. So they go to Mos Eisley, and the um, the Orn guy is in Mos Eisley at the same time, and he gets hemmed up by the Hut guys, the knuckle breakers. Yeah, and they got him uh, dead to rights, and they're gonna use the blowtorch, and they're gonna go medieval on him. And then um, he gets his butt saved by Obi-Wan. Um, but I don't think he knows it's Obi-Wan. Of course he doesn't. Uh, does he? I don't remember now. Does he know that it's Ben? He suspects. Right. I think at one point. But he's very know. suspicious of Ben. He thinks, when, right he right thinks Ben's start. a wussy. Right. And plus <laughs> he, he thinks that like... Ben's giving sob stories so that all the women will like him. And uh, then... He's like, I know your right. game. <laughs> but, um, yeah. And so th- from that night... Right after this trip to Moss Eisley is when all the crap hits the fan. Um, they go back, and what and what she what happens is uh, her son, who she had not wanted to mess with with uh, with with Galt and, and and going off and fighting the Tuscan Raiders, she he goes off with Galt. Galt talks him into putting on the Tuscan Raider clothes, and they go to. Um, Attack the Albrecht's, Albrecht's farm, farm and they yeah. attack it, and then of course the real Tuscans show up, <laughs> and all hell breaks loose. They're not too right. impressed and with the whole situation. Her kid gets gets injured, and um, Galt leaves him behind. He's like, "I'm out," <laughs> you know. Until he comes to uh, to the store, it sort of lays it out for her that her kid is dead basically tells her kid's dead at the, after he asks her to marry him so that so that his debts can be paid and that you know he won't get killed or whatever and she's pretty furious about all this about him and then he tells her a kid's dead and then it's like horrible and she goes out to find him or whatever and it's it, it's sort of this crazy confluence of events that sort of the whole book was leading to i i this was it was all and it, it didn't it, at all seem crazy to me. Mm-mm, you know no. what I mean? Like it all works. Right. Like the way we explain it now, it seems like this yeah. seems stupid. It seems dumb, but if you're actually have, yeah. re- if you're reading the book, it's like, wow, I mean, like that, you kind of, like I said, you're meant to kind of look at this Galt guy, like sort of like, you know, keep an eye on him or something screwy with him. And there is, a guy owes money to, to the mob. What a, right, like at first you kind of just think he's a character, but then it turns out that he's not really a, very, a great he doesn't, guy and he does not know how to handle his money so he was hoping to get that you know Albrecht guy to pay him so that he could you know have some money to pay these right I guess the whole point of this was to right. sell water because they had this this I guess Annalene's husband had this old vaporator number one set up a certain way so that it made the sweetest tasting water that you've ever tasted and he wanted to sell this you know initially to, uh, to facilities on right. Tatooine, like uh, casinos and, and things like that, and then eventually ship it off-world because it's such sweet-tasting water. But he was never able to figure out how to replicate the, the settings or whatever happened to this evaporator, evaporator yeah. on, on the rest of them. And so that's kind of where this whole debt came from because he's you know selling this thing as this, this incredible business opportunity and I just need some startup capital and blah, blah. And, you know, you're going to see 10 times your investment. And then it just never happened. Yeah. Yeah. He's also dipping into the funds for the um, settler's call. So he's embezzling money and in addition to borrowing from the mob. He's just like, 
left, right, right center, like everything. So wrong. everybody hates him at the end. But of then the- he becomes very scummy, and he's able to sort of convince people that that Obi Wan is sort of working with the Tusken Raiders. And that's where kind of this final battle occurs, it, and a real great oh dragon shows up. <laughs> that is some that is some crazy crazy fight at the end. I mean, the huts show up, uh, and then the huts are fighting the far the settlers. But when the settlers were trying to fight the Tuscans, and you don't mess with the settlers because they, they are ticked off. What I love is that oh, yeah. Obi Wan is is sort of yelling at him, takes control of his um. That he he loses. Galt has a uh, like a loudspeaker. He's like kind of gaunt, taunting Obi Wan, like, "Hey, you and your Tuscan friends, or whatever, and you've done this and you've done that." Obi Wan's able to sort. He's able to, to turn things to his advantage and sort of, you know, tell everybody what he's really about. <laughs> and and I like this whole time what Obi Wan's kind of trying. He's trying to get a message across, and he keeps telling he keeps telling. Uh, Orin, you know, you turn need to turn back. back. Yeah. Turn back. And and Orin doesn't understand what that means. He's just thinks you, he wants him like to stop do what he's doing and go yeah. home. But I think what Obi-Wan's really trying to say is it's kind of like a, a, a corollary to, to Anakin. He's you need to turn back from the dark side. Yeah. I yeah, that it was all it's it's all done very well, but at the end, um the 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 the, the this Kray Dragon shows up and all bets are off. Like you know, whatever, whatever pretense of, of Obi Wan not acting like a Jedi get thrown out the window, and he has to do his Jedi thing to. But you know what? Stop everyone from getting eaten. Orin even gets worse, though. Oh. I mean, he gets progressively yes. more and more horrible. Like you, you don't even care at the end of the book what happens to him. Like doesn't he like? Because does he, he like up, this like, little kid the tries Tuscan to. Kid, yeah. yeah, the Tuscan kid. He tries to hide behind Orin's leg, and he just basically shoves him out to kicks him away. Well, that's it. He basically keeps digging himself into a hole, and he keeps having to do worse and worse things to get himself out of it, and that's his goal, is to get himself out of this situation. So no matter what it takes to do it, he'll do it, and that just makes him more and more detestable. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, it's a very, uh, it's a good, uh, like Fargo. Like, that's how I, like, you know, how, like, the main, like, the, um, William H. Macy in Fargo, got himself in big trouble, so he wants his wife to get fake kidnapped, and of course it all goes horribly. It all goes to hell, and that's basically what happened here. It all went to hell, and he just has to yeah. keep doing worse things. And you know things. what's sad is that I don't think he was always a bad guy. No, no. And I think that's no. the other parallel, is that Anakin wasn't always a bad person either. Well, and, and it's just showing how life decisions could really screw you up, you know? And Aileen says there's good in him. He's not evil. Yeah. Obi-Wan's like, yeah, well... Um, I've had it with people who have good in them right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's like this is, that, that didn't work for me last time. Exactly. It's not working for me this time. I now. think, not to get all intellectual, but Shakespeare's, <clears throat> to quote Shakespeare, oh, the tangled webs we weave when once we practice to deceive. I mean, because uh, he just went, he just made a big mess of everything just by trying to save his own butt. I thought you were going to say uh, uh, an Eope, an my kingdom for an Eope. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Obi Wan's lucky he ended up with two of them. Yeah, he did. But I think he 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 gave one to the Tuscans, didn't he? He was trying to make everyone. He was trying to be the peacemaker. Yes, which you is know, trying to to help the Tuscans get what they needed to survive. Trying to help them not kill everybody. Trying well, to make the settlers go away and stop bothering the Tuscans. But it just 
you know. That's Obi-Wan's character, though. Like, you know, General Grievous calls him the negotiator. Yeah. I think that's sort of what he's sort of about, like, you know, bringing people together. And they wanted him to be their leader. Like, the Tuscans, when they realized that it wasn't Annalene who was the Jedi, Jedi, it was him, then they were like, hey, Dad, that's your, you're the prophecy dude, you know, why don't you just take over this little band and help (laughs) us through this? And he's like, no, 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 no. You are the reason these people are surviving. You are the leader. But, yeah, I, I, what I liked about this story is sort of, I think, I like I like happy endings, and I think people got sort of what they deserved in this story. Um, I think Annalene got what she deserved, and I think that Oren Galt got what he deserved. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I loved I loved his ending. I, won't, I don't want to give, if you haven't read it, I don't want to give it away, but it's, yeah, that's like one thing that you just, you know, he gets what he deserves, but it's, it's yeah. interesting. I guess the only person that doesn't get what they deserve is, no, is Obi-Wan. I mean, he gets what he needs, which is to be left alone and to watch over Luke. Obi-Wan's sort of flogging but, himself, though, isn't he? A little yes, bit. he is. You know, he's, he's <laughs> like, he's like you know, those guys in Holy Grail walking down the street, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. And I think that he spends a lot of the time doing that. I, I, I like that about I think that's very interesting about Obi-Wan is his is his regret. Mm-hmm. Um and that could age you too. Yeah. You know, let's not forget. Absolutely. I mean so he he's a guy who has, has the weight of the galaxy on his uh shoulders literally. And I'm sure that yes, if I remember correctly, in the um in that Vader Rise of Darth Vader book, he sees a news report and hears the name Darth Vader and he's like, What? Killed that guy. <laughs> nope. Now he finds out that Darth Vader is like still out there, and he's and now he realizes that. Oh my God! Not only did I I thought I killed him, now I I realize that my pupil is now out there being the terror of the galaxy. What if I you know I've really screwed everything up for everybody? And I love that like you know he talks to it seems like every night he talks to Qui Gon. I don't know if it's every night, but it's often enough. And the thing that I love about that is that. I'm sure that Qui-Gon would be able to answer him just like, you know, he was able to answer Luke for a time and Yoda was able to come back and, and all that stuff, but Qui-Gon never answers him. So he's just talking to, and he's hoping that what Yoda told him was true, but there's just, it's just like another piece of hopelessness right. that like, you know, I'm, I'm unloading and it's maybe to nothing, but I just hope that someone's listening. Yeah, right. <laughs> and it's also like a prayer. You know, like yeah. it's like yeah. an old western or something. You know, it, that, that's what it seems like because you never the characters never know if there actually is a god and if he's listening, if he's going to help them, and that's kind of what what this is. It's comforting. Paralleling. I think it's his one bit of comfort in the whole world that he's in right now is that maybe he. It's like the one place he can, the one time he can be truly open and say everything that he wants yeah. to say. Because I mean, basically, he's not happy where he's living and. Uh, everything is horrible, but maybe the little solace he could take is that he can talk to Qui-Gon and sort of maybe one day Qui-Gon will maybe tell him that everything's going to be okay, you know, and that we're all in the forest. Knowing Qui-Gon, he won't do that. He'll tell him that everything sucks, but... Well, talking to Qui-Gon also is a a good device for him to, for you to get into his head, because you don't really get to do that at any other point unless he's talking to Qui-Gon. That's right. So. I mean, what I would say to Qui-Gon is, you know, you made me train this kid, and you you were dying, and that was really unfair. <laughs> I, had, well, I wanted nothing to do with this kid. Not look what look what he did. He killed little Jedi kids. I hope you're happy. Yeah. I hope you're happy, Qui-Gon. This is your fault. Yeah, way to go. 
Way to go, Quinn. <laughs> I, <was, laughs> I could buy almost any. I think that in the, the only reason the movie they, they had him kill them Jedi kids is just so you're like, okay, he's evil now. Fine. Oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah, it's like this. Is, he he can't be more evil. Evil. Than yeah. That. I just uh, I, I hate that every time. That's the part that always bothers me in that movie. That I, little kid. He just he's got his little lightsaber. Hmm. Oh, Master Skywalker. I'm like, oh, he wants to help, and you're gonna kill him. Angela fast forwards through that part when her son, because he he's seen all of the right. the movies, but she fast forwards as she th- should through all that part. You know, where I he's hate killing younglings. I hate Me that. Me too. But you're supposed to. I know, but it's very it's it's right. like so. It's disturbing. Oh, well, I mean that's something that you don't want to see. It's like on The Walking Dead when like they decide, oh, we're just gonna kill kids now. It's like don't don't will you stop your can't handle this show anymore. What are you guys showing to me? <laughs> you know, I don't know. I have a rule in my head. Like if this, if I said to my, I said to my wife, if that baby gets eaten, I'm done. I can't watch the <laughs> show anymore. And I don't know if any of you guys watched that show. No. Uh, so I you watched that. the, the, the episode that was the mid season finale and sort of, Oh, I have, I okay, haven't well, there you go. You can, that. you can decide for yourself. But anyway, no, I have anyway, but I'm I have a rule with kids. It's like I just you know I I don't I don't want to I don't like that I don't like when kids get hurt or in movies and like the mist. What about teenagers? Oh, they're fine. I hate teenagers. I got two of them. <laughs> yeah, they, <laughs> they smell. But, um, no, did you guys Sorry ever see? Sorry to any teenagers who might be listening. Did you guys ever see the movie The Mist? No. Okay, forget it. I guess I can't talk about it. But let's just say it has one of the worst endings of any movie ever. I never need to watch that movie again, and that's that. And if anybody who's watched it knows what I'm talking about, it's just horrific and the most heart-wrenching and useless ending of any movie of all time. rest of the movie... I mean, I'd like to think we're we're kind of, as as humans, we're kind of wired to, you know, not like it when bad things happen to children. I would hope most people are, (laughs) but... But then again, there's all those news stories. Uh, I just read a news story about a woman in Florida, of course. Uh, That's where all the horrible news happens for some reason. She left her kids (laughs) in the car so she could go hunt boars. Um, Oh, my God. And one of them was a nine-month-old. So the nine-year-old called 911 because it was warmer. It would be warmer in a police car than in the car because it was like 30 degrees out. Thank goodness for the nine-year-old. Yeah, but then the the mother came, I think, 40 minutes out of the woods after a cop had been there for 40 minutes. So that's how long. I mean, I can't even imagine that. I have kids. It's like I'm like, where are they? What are they doing? What's going on? What are you guys? Some doing? people shouldn't be allowed to. I mean, breathe. I don't. I don't like leaving my. I don't like leaving my cat in the car, right. like in a carrier. But I mean, let alone it's like a child. Maybe <laughs> am I one end of the spectrum, like the ultra warrior, which I am. Like I just have that personality where like I worry about just about everything in my life. And then some people, like there's these people that are just wired to like worry about absolutely nothing. <laughs> eh, I don't worry about it. I'm like, how could you not worry? <laughs> what do you mean you're not worrying about it? I mean, all I do is worry. I mean, I don't even know how to turn that off. I worried. About, I got worried about recording a podcast tonight. It's like worried about that all day. Well, I'm like, what am I going to talk about? Do I remember this book? I don't remember. I read it so long ago or listened to it. So long. <laughs> <laughs> uh, these things I know, work yeah. out pretty well. I do the same. I, I same thing about my show. Like it's just you know I, I get there and I start recording. I'm like, am I going to have to say for you know 45 minutes to an hour? And it, it but then again, going I long, realize right? that so. if there's one thing I'm good at, it's talking about nonsense for a quite long time. So I'm usually <laughs> just fine. <laughs> this is like you know like if the founding fathers or somebody you know. So what are Americans up to in the year 2014? We're talking about Star Wars. 
And that is? Not, uh, well, it's a, it's a space fantasy. What's space? I forget it. Anyway, <laughs> it's nonsense is what it is. It's like Jonathan Swift. <laughs> yeah. But um, anyway, back to Star Wars. This book is great. Um, Annalene, I was really happy for her character at the end of the book. You know, she she gets a chance that I think a lot of people who maybe aren't living their life or living their to their potential would love to have. Um, and it's great for, for her character. I wanted, I think any of any, anybody who read this book probably really wanted her and Obi-Wan to get together. Yes. They, Does that make me a shipper? <laughs> well, I guess it makes me one too, but I'm becoming more and more like liking romance now that I'm getting a little bit older for some reason. Like I watched Downton Abbey and I don't know if either of you guys watched that show. Yes, I do. I love it. Oh, I can't. Oh, I can't. Admit, we, we. It's been on finally. I mean, I know it was. I know it was on England earlier. We finally just got it here. And Mr. Bates and Anna. I'm like, why can't they just be happy? I want those two to be happy. They're so wonderful. You know, they're the only people <laughs> on this show that are just wonderful. And I just want them to be happy. But you know what? That's it, and nothing no, good Julian happens Fellows to wants them to be completely miserable all the time, and I'm like, oh, I know it's soap opera. I understand. But everybody's so everyone's miserable though. This, nothing uh, good happens. No, even the rich yeah. people are miserable. No, no, <laughs> especially no, no, who's the rich not people. miserable is um is uh, Maggie Smith. She's never miserable. Oh yes, I love her. Yeah, but I, I, every time I see her on screen, I go, oh, she's going to meddling. <laughs> I, my wife is. Isn't that what oh, that I, I love? Do? I love. I, I never. I did not think that I would like that show as much as I do. But I, I tell. I say this to my wife all the time. We watch the show, and I go, I should not enjoy but this show. It's well, but because I do. Of, you know, and really, when you take away all the trappings, this is just a soap opera. It is, but I, I've learned this, and like you know, I, I, I and maybe I'll admit it here. I, I've started very recently. I've, I have a new guilty pleasure, which is Uh-oh. Gossip Girl. And the reason is because honestly, and and people will deny this and whatever, but it's a well told story. Yeah, as long as I think that as long as the characters are <laughs> are well written and are tr- they and you stay true to the characters, um, uh, I think people will buy just about anything. You know what I mean? Like any genre. I like Mad Men is a soap opera for men. I don't know if you you watch that. But <laughs> I do. I watch that too, and I find now that it's 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 no. You see, I, I disagree. Everyone screwed up. I love. What they're doing with Don Draper's character, I, 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 I love character studies, and to me, his character is one of the most interesting characters ever put on television. I find, I think the interesting thing is it seems like what it is is the world around him is changing right. and he is not, and it's how that. But that's how because he deals the Don Draper thing is a facade. His real, his real, the real, the guy inside of him, Dick Whitman, is is who he really is, and I think that you're going to see more mm-hmm. of that coming out. And that's oh, it is. And I could talk awesome. about Mad Men. Oh my goodness, I love that. I, that show to me. It's like wine. I sit down, I put that show on, I just let it wash over me. I'm like, I have uh, thought about doing a podcast on Mad Men. Oh, I would be up for that. I could talk about <laughs> Mad Men. Oh my, I mean, I you know, speak, tangent right here though. I've been trying to get uh, Angela and my group of friends to cosplay zombie Mad Men at uh, Comic Con, uh, and they will not. They awesome. are not into it. I call Zombie Lane with the noose around my neck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that show! Oh my, Mad Men just makes me want to yeah, buy a nicer well, suit. That's my um, my goal for my birthday and my fortieth birthday this year is I want to go and get a nice tailored suit. That is my goal. It's a, it's a good goal. How my did wife, we get from? <laughs> I don't know, but my wife is my wife is throwing me a um, fortieth birthday party, but it's um nineteen seventies Star Wars 
based. So everybody who comes nice. has to be original trilogy. And of course I get to be Han Solo because cosplay birthday. Oh, yeah, well she's she's gotten into sewing so I'm going to get a I'm going to get a tailor-made Han Solo costume which I'm looking forward to. Nice. Blood, oh blood yeah, I can't all. wait because Han Solo. I mean, I've always wanted a good Han Solo costume, but you just can't find them unless you want to pay a lot. A lot. Of but hey, yeah, I know that jacket is a little. I love the best thing. jacket. I think they, they have the the Hoff, Yeah, the best jacket. The, the best costume. It is. It is because it's the brown pants and mm-hmm. uh, and uh, the boots though are the cool part and the holster. It's all cool. It's Han Solo. This doesn't get any better than that. Bespin looks pretty good too. Bespin Luke, anybody in Empire, Empire is the best costumes. Empire, yeah. everybody's costumes in Empire. That that was better than, uh, even though Luke's Jedi uh, get up, that's pretty cool too. I guess you're talking about the dude. They, they even fixed Vader. They did. They made him shiny. Yeah, and they fixed his helmet. His helmet was too flared in the first movie. Yeah, and they gave him blinky, more blinky lights. I think. <laughs> anyway, I'm sure I'll edit all this out. <laughs> but um, <laughs> hey, listen, I'm serious. If you want to talk about man men. I'm up. I love Mad Men. Mad Men, Mad. Oh, I love Mad <laughs> Men too. So okay. I have the Blu-rays. Anyway, so should we give our should we give our, our final uh, final yes. thoughts on the book? Let's do that. Sum sum it all up, if we yeah. will. Well, I've had wanted to say, but I forgot. Um, did you, either of you play um, Red Dead Redemption? Oh, of course. Oh, yes. Annaline uh, reminded me of. McFarlane. Bonnie McFarlane. Yeah, the girl I McFarlane. Yeah, Bonnie yeah. McFarlane throughout the whole thing. That's a that's a good point. Yes, Miss McFarlane. Oh. Yeah, it's true. Now that I think about it, yeah, totally. Yeah. I didn't think of it at the time, but. Because oh, I was trying to think of the well, I mean, I didn't even, I wasn't thinking while I was reading it. Who do these people remind me of? It just clicked from the first, you know, page that I read about her. So. But um, I can't, you know, after the fact, I can't think of any other character from Westerns that she reminds me of. Um, she might be a mix of everybody, like Miss Kitty and <laughs> others, but. See, like, for me, like, I don't I don't necessarily put characters that I know in those places, but I, like, I can, I picture what yeah. people look like. Like, Ulbricht to me is kind of like a taller, kind of skinny old guy. And... Yeah. Oren has a tan and really white teeth. Yes, that, yeah. well, that's why yes. I pictured him like. Um, oh, I had a definite view of him like ah, from a western, of course, but sort of like a maybe a dapper, a more dapper like Robert Shaw. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I love Robert Shaw. I could put him in anything. But Robert um, Shaw, who's Robert Shaw? He was uh, Quint in Jaws. He was. He's a sort of. Uh, he died. In oh, his, okay. Uh, yeah, he, he's like yeah. A, sort of a. Weathered, he well, more weathered in Jaws, but he's sort of yeah. big, handsome guy. Um, but not that's not quite what it was. But yeah, Annaline, like more of like, um, oh man, like what's her face from? Um, no, forget it. <laughs> yeah, because this is I can't just stuff. I, IMDb it. I, I don't remember. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> But I didn't really picture anybody. I just I just sort of build these sort of vague um, images in my head of what I think people look like. I, I pictured her very attractive. That's all I know. With like maybe some some like a little bit really? of age. It's interesting. I always a little bit of age to her. Normal. <laughs> Whatever well, normal is, just uh, not like stunning, 
but attractive in a normal way. Yeah, but I mean, that's what I mean. Like, that's what I mean. Yeah. I didn't mean like yeah. Angelina Jolie or something on the desert. I meant like, you know, nice looking, older type. Now her best friend, Angelina Jolene. Oh, yeah. Jolie. That, yeah. that, that yeah, oversexed yeah, yeah. one, yeah. What, what is she? What kind of alien was she? Her hormones in she's She's the, the red person, right, if I'm not yeah. mistaken? She's like a red color. I forget what the alien Was it the Tanaka yeah, sisters that were the same race is I was picturing them whenever they they talked about her you know that best friend character I don't I don't know there's so I many different aliens what. you know I used to have a character guide or yeah. alien guide but I I swapped it for a video game uh, yeah, I, I love those I have like a the the, the guide to characters and everything mm-hmm. I love need to get it oh yeah I've got that and all the old I have a bunch of old uh West End game oh, source yeah. books and stuff Galaxy Guide 3. Oh, I dig on technical-type manuals. I just can sit there and read that stuff all day. I got in the mail like a Middle-Earth atlas that was written in 1991. It's like the most amazing thing of all time. I just sit there and look at like the maps of everything. I just love it. just love it. Oh, I love maps. I used to have a map in Middle-Earth in, in my, my, I guess, office, computer room, whatever, back when I lived in Ottawa, and it didn't, it didn't make it to the house. <laughs> I, I, love, I love getting de- – I love detail stuff, and that's why I, – I guess why the EU stuff appeals to me because I can find out a little bit more detail. And this is – and in the end, you know, as, as much as I was sort of miffed, sort of irritated at the beginning that I was getting all this detail, I didn't care about – in the end, like we all said, it does pay off because it becomes very um, engrossing. Uh, mm-hmm. So I think the author builds a because Tatooine has been featured a lot, but I don't feel like it's been fleshed out this way. Yeah, I agree. Well, Tatooine is kind of like it's 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 been featured a lot, but it's always been featured as kind of a backdrop. Like things happen on mm-hmm. Tatooine, but that's because Tatooine is like it's a desert, so you don't need to know much about it. There's a settlement here, and then yeah. there's a lot of sand. So and this in this is, book, it's a character. Yeah, it's a living, breathing yeah. planet. It's it's like a, it's like a community. It's, it's it becomes it becomes um, sort of more real. Like you can actually sort of, I can more picture living on Tatooine by reading this than I can even watching like episode four or something. You know, it, it becomes a little bit more tangible to me because, you know, mm-hmm. there's there's people doing, like you say, crap work, working on a farm in the middle of the sun. I know what it's like to be out in the hot sun, things mm-hmm. like that. So, you know, you can sort of relate to it one way or another. And uh, the author, this guy's, I hope he does, more um, Star Wars. I, I mean, other than the comic books, because I, I mean, his, his this uh, book was extremely well written, um, um, and I would like a follow up. I want another Kenobi. I want another uh, Ben novel. I agree. I don't know. He's got there's twenty years of stuff here that has to happen to him on Tatooine. Yeah, I mean, I, I hope Annalyn comes back, or that he gets <laughs> hangs out with the Tuskins, maybe and yeah, helps them. Or, or then again, the Tuskins are sort of off on their own thing, aren't they? By the end of this, book? they are. And I yeah. I got the idea that they were probably were going to start attacking at some point again. Yeah, I don't think mm-hmm. he's going to be able to hang out with them. Mm-hmm. But and I guess it, it makes you wonder. If you know, obviously, in in Episode Four, he scares off the Tuskins with the the mm-hmm. Kree dragon. Right. Scream is is this where he got that notion? I, yeah, I would assume yeah. that it is. Yeah, they changed. Yeah, it had it. to be a different band. Yeah, <laughs> band of Raiders. They're, they're easily startled, but they'll soon be back. Yeah, exactly, and in greater numbers. Yeah, you wonder if because she even um, remarks in the book, I arc that the Tuscans are becoming sort of like useless, like they're not so great. Like all the great warriors are getting killed off, and then what you're left with is like, ugh, you know, teenagers, <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know, right, so like Doritos. Doritos and hormones. 
but I mean, <laughs> and they're pretty rough with their kids. Yeah, they're not easy. I mean, this, yeah, if you die, you die. Oh well. Oh well, you weren't you weren't meant to be. Yeah. Yeah, like she wasn't. She, I mean, she was upset oh, when yeah. her son was killed, yeah. but she wasn't really too torn up, like for too long. So she was more angry about at the settlers, I think, than that her kid was dead. Well, I think she was more angry because her child was one of the only ones that wasn't running away. That's right. Right. So he was kind of like one of her last hopes for her tribe, I guess, to <laughs> be worth a darn. Yeah, that's a. So. And now he's gone too, so now she's got to work. She's got mm-hmm. nothing to work with. Yeah, so it's a it's a cool ending, I guess. If if that was all you got of Obi Wan on Tatooine, it would be it would be pretty cool. It wouldn't be that upsetting. Yeah. But I would like to see a follow up, and or this guy uh, to write another novel in the Star Wars universe somewhere. I agree. I, I have to For say sure. though, I I wasn't as satisfied with the ending personally. Mm. It, I thought it it came really fast, and I was shocked that it was over. I was Me shocked too. it was over. When after it was over, I was like, "Oh no, that was, that yeah. was fine." But I felt like there was going to be more. There was more yeah, book left. Too. Well, there is more. There's that's why it's, that's why I'm saying like I really want to follow up. Like, but yeah, getting her shuffled off a of Tatooine and sort of getting rid of all her possessions real quickly. <laughs> like mm-hmm, that happened really fast. Have fun storming the yeah. castle. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Guess I'll go to my hut. <laughs> And he leads her on a Still lot. Don't have a door. He leads her on a lot, you know. Like, he does. Meet me at my place, and she's like, "Oh yeah." And she gets her. She gets her <laughs> truck, and she goes. Yeah, I know. She's like looking at herself in the rearview mirror <laughs> tonight. <her> tonight. <laughs> and then he's like, uh, "Yes, I'm a monk. Sorry." <laughs> yeah. No. That's yeah, there won't be any of that going on. And you're leaving <laughs> now, in fact. That's right. But you're going to university, so that's cool. But I'm it? old. <laughs> Consolation prize. Oh, on... You're taking your kids. Go. Oh, by the way, can you bring something to Bail Organa for me while you're there? <laughs> Alderaan's nice. You get to wear a cape if you live there. Cape apparently. and you get, you know, nice. Uh, so I, I know, Alderaan looks great. I don't know. Hang out with Jimmy Smith. Yeah, there's like snow-capped mountains. Looks like Middle Earth. I would go there. Yeah, that was That's a cool tie-in, though, that, that he pulled some strings and had... Right, I like that. Um, Bale Organa get her into the Bale university Organa, yeah. that she was able to uh, uh, be accepted by years earlier and just never followed through. Ah, uh, nepotism. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> well, listen, I mean... Okay, it worked. He just needed her. He needed her out of his hair. And it's, like, like, it, it's like the president going to the university and saying, oh, yeah, we need we need this. Yeah, person I guess if you think about it, that's pretty much what it was, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. He's the president of all. I need to get this woman that I'm really attracted to the hell out of my head. And the only way I can do that is to get her a few parsecs away. Yeah, there's going to be a scandal. There's going to be a big scandal. You can get her out of here. Exactly. <laughs> I am just too, too bound up here. And if I don't get this girl out of here. I don't know what I'm gonna do. I don't know. I, yeah, it's 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 bittersweet. I like I said. I don't yeah. know. I think Obi Wan should be allowed to have a relationship, but you know, who's gonna tell? I mean, you know. Exactly, and it kind of goes with his cover. Yeah, but oh, well. that's what he learned right here. Like to 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 be inconspicuous, you have to be a little bit conspicuous. Yeah. yeah. Well, and he also needs to get busy making some more Jedi's. 
Yeah. Right. I yes. did like though. What I do like is that you know it doesn't really. It's not really going to hurt his cover being the crazy old dude in the desert either. Like no, nobody's going to no. sit there and go, "There's something with that guy. Maybe he's something." No, he's crazy. He's it's like yeah, right. But that's it. Crazy. People don't really anything weird that goes on around him. It's just like, well, that's because that Ben guy's crazy, crazy old, old ben. old wizard. Yeah, I don't know. I do. I yeah. just I crave. To know, like, like how it, how is he taking care of Luke, like by just by being on the same planet as him? You know planet. what I mean? Like, how what is the what is he doing? Like, is there some like is he patrolling? Like, I that's think he right. He does point, go I think there. One of the Qui-Gon, yeah. yeah, he says he goes there and he kind of skulks around a little bit, which is kind of creepy. Yeah. yeah. But, well, like, Lars didn't want him anywhere near him. No, he shooed him away. Yeah. yeah, so that's why he's so far away. But I didn't realize until you were talking about the map oh my just gosh. how far away he was. He's well, if, well, oh, you far, already, yeah. well, you remember in the episode four when he's like, when Luke is heading off to find R two, how far R two is away, and Ben's house is not too far away from that. So really, I mean, he wasn't close. You know, it's this, and obviously we all know that this wasn't meant to be when Lucas wrote Star Wars. It wasn't meant that Ben was doing any of this and that Luke was anyway connected to Darth Vader. This is something that happened sequel time. So this is sort of like, yeah, there's a, Ben's the wizard. He's he knows the ways of this thing, and he's my he's the farm boy's ticket off this planet. And that's and ben, but Ben's the Gandalf, Gandalf yeah. and Lucas Frodo, and then I don't know who the ring is. I think R two's the ring. I guess I don't know. <laughs> or something. Yeah. yeah, I guess technically. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's got the he's got the Death right. Star plans, right? So I mean, you know, yeah, throw him in the throw him. So yes, yeah, so I guess I think we are going to say that Star Wars is the king of retcons because it started right in Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> you know, so but it's fine. I mean, you, listen, it wasn't it was never meant to be anything but one movie, really. I mean, you Lucas can sit there and say, I always I always knew it was going to be twins, and I always knew this. No, he didn't. Listen, you know, we've we've all seen the making of. We know what it was meant to be. It was meant to be a huge story that he had to make in somehow make into one movie, and this is and that's what we got. And then everything else. That's why there was a Death Star in Episode Four, and one in a, and one in right. Jedi as so, well. You know, that's what the EU is for. The EU is great to sort of sort of film make up for some of these inconsistencies which are going to exist and um and do it and this is a good one this is a this is a good one this is a no this is this is a great book like i i, I enjoyed it as at the beginning a little slow but but it pays off so it's it's yeah. worth kind of a, absorbing all of that and learning who is who and really if you really want everything. just a nice look into the into a corner of star wars where you don't have to you know deal with like different many different uh environments it's like you're in one place um, you get to get a taste for it, and and it's great. Love it. Mm-hmm. You don't need to know the nope. family tree. You don't need to know 20 no. years of history. You don't, you don't need, need to, to read a bunch of other books to figure out what's going on. It yeah. stands alone on its own. Man, many of which are not particularly yeah. good. That's, that's, the, the, that's the other thing <laughs> I was going to say. This is my favorite EU book so far, and I've read quite a few. Yeah, I would say that that's that's not a bad statement. I mean, I I liked the the the, the heir to the empire trilogy because those are the first ones that I read that, and they really do seem like Star Wars. You know, when you read them, They're, Timothy Zahn is an excellent writer. I like mm-hmm. I like his books a lot. His you know you know your mileage may vary on some of them, but um, yeah, I'd say this is up there though. This is because it takes a it, it's dealing with a classic character. It's dealing with something kind of maybe a lot of us have wanted to see. And it and, and it's well executed, you know. That's 
Yeah, I think this might be yeah. top five. Like, definitely the Zon, the Zon books are, are definitely, and I take those as kind of like, that's, also, given. that's one. Like, that, that trilogy yeah. is considered one, and that's probably one of the, the, the top for me. And then here and there, there's some others that I've gone back and read more than once. And, you know, but this one, this one I think I, I, would, I would read again. And I think that's, that's, that's as, as, good right. a, as good a compliment as any. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Like, and, and like what my problem has been with the EU lately is these huge series uh, mm-hmm. that you are so weighed down with. And, and the problem is, in, and even within the series, the books are like pretty good and, and then but really good and then okay. You know, but then it's like you can't, you can't skip the crap. Yeah, one you feel you like you have to going. read them right. even if they suck. Not connected, which I think me and Brian said when we talked about the EU, that if you're going to even try, just read the standalone ones, and there's there's quite a bunch. And I think oh, if if we do this again, I mean, there are a couple of really good ones, I think, that we could talk about. Um, I think Joe was mentioning Millennium Falcon, which is, Earl, when we were talking before recording, that was really good. I think that would be worth reading or revisiting. I'd like to read that one again, because that is a pretty interesting um, story of the history of one ship. I found pretty yeah. You know, I have to say, I I agreed with you about the um, the tales from book, oh, the tales from Mos Eisley. Those yeah. that was one of my favorites. Also, I was a big fan of AC Crispin in her um, Han Solo trilogy. Yes. It's really good. Oh, I yeah, love the that. Han Solo love trilogy. That. Um, those are great. Those are really awesome. And the tales from those are uh, those are two, and those are earlier books. Mm-hmm. But. The, and what I'll say is the one, and now that I'm thinking of it more, the one kind of bigger series that I love without fail are the oh, X-Men yes. books. Michael Stackpole. Yeah, I, well, I love Michael. I'm a Battletech fan, too, right. and he wrote a lot of Battletech novels, so it's just I, I like him. But just the characters, and it's the same. For me, to me, it's almost like the books that don't really feature Luke Han, Leia, are almost more interesting to me. So, like, you know, in the X-Men books, you have Wedge, and then there's a whole bunch of people we don't know. And Wedgie, we don't even know really well. He just kind of this pilot who happens to be along <laughs> all the time. Well, yeah. Well, the, the thing with your with Han and, and and Luke and Leia is that what happens is when they're in a book that they have to kind of find these situations for them to sort of be in the thick of things, where maybe it's not appropriate. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. really, does Han need to be in in the Millennium Falcon fighting stuff? At Seventy years old? Probably not. You know, I mean. Leia, you know, I mean, they, the way the direction they took Leia in the books was that she became a um, a politician. Yeah, she became the right. She didn't. I, I guess she did train her with her. I, I oh boy, I'm I, the years of books just meld together. She well, be- basically, she became she she she, she kind right. of casually did some Jedi training throughout that whole time, and she became kind of more of a Jedi, and eventually now. Right. In the current time, she's a Jedi Master as well, but it took 60 years yeah. kind of a thing because right. it wasn't her focus. So, yeah, it, it's uh, it, like a EU books, take or leave them. I mean, there's a lot of them. There's a lot of the problem is it, be, it like I, I, I know on the Facebook uh, page for the Treks of Sci-Fi, there was a discussion of will the EU get jettisoned? And I think that the answer is yeah. A lot of it will be gone because there's no way that when these guys are writing episode seven, they want to go, well, what did Jason Solo? What was his deal? And what about, you know? Yeah. Like, I think they they'll may. keep characters. I don't know if they'll keep stories per se. Like, I, I would love it if they kept oh, Grand Admiral Thrawn. Thrawn. 
I don't know if they will. I, I think he's a great character. I don't. I don't think they need to necessarily do no. the Thrawn trilogy, but I think he'd be We've, an interesting. I've, villain. I've said this a million times, and the same thing goes for if your favorite book gets ad- adapted into a movie. If uh, there's a there's a movies that kind of change some of your books or whatever, you don't lose anything. Okay, mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings. It's just, Lord of the Rings is on my shelf. That's all. The Hobbit is on my shelf. Whether I like the movies or not, I happen to really like the movies. I don't really the changes I understand because writing a movie is a hell of a lot different than writing a twelve hundred page novel. Um, I understand the changes are made for movie's sake, and they're separate to me. You know what I mean? Like they celebrate the the work without you know translating it page by page. Uh, you don't lose. I know. I never understand what people like. I I won't go see this movie because it's not the they didn't do it 100% correctly. Well, yeah, but you love that book. You still have that book. It's like you right. read the book. That's, right. No it's, one's going to take that away from you. They're not going to go right. and extract it's, those memories from you. Your know, you can either, you know, you like, can either go see the movie or don't, but it isn't like, well, they made this thing that I love, but they didn't do it the way that I wanted to do it, so I'm going to hate it. Well, that's silly. It's, it's very silly. Listen, just chill out and enjoy yourself. And the same thing goes with the Star Wars EU. You can say, well, that's just another take. And now there's movies, which, let's face it, it's going to be pretty awesome. One way or another, there's new Star Wars being... I can't. I guess we can't say it's going to be awesome, but I would imagine. But there's going to be new Star Wars. We didn't think we were going to get new Star yes. Wars, and we're getting... Yeah. So. And let's just say hey. it's going to be great. But I guess we'll try to do this again sometime, maybe. This could, it could be fun. It could, yeah. You know, it certainly <laughs> has <laughs> meandered all over creation. Two hours long. I'm sorry. Listen, I, I, hate, I yeah. should have warned you guys ahead of time that when you do a podcast with me, um, I, uh, I ramble. And I, I like conversation, so it tends to go in different directions. Oh, no. That's fine. Yeah, I'm sorry. No I enjoy oh, the conversation. Nice to have, like, a good. base. I'm glad. Yeah. Absolutely. I will, I will, I will definitely well, partake We'll do this again. again. And um, I guess that's it for now. And we'll uh, see you guys later. May the fools be with you, everybody. Thank you very much. Bye, Trex and Sci-Fi. Bye. 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 Bye.